Good morning. Welcome to the Glenn Clark Radio Show. Once again, Glenn Clark, what, what do we do when people aren't here? He's out on assignment, right? <laughs> he's out on assignment. I, I, he's been drawing up new plays for the Ravens offense in the sand I have seen on social media. It looks like it could work. Wow. Todd Munkin's enlisting his help. Yes. Um, so he's out on assignment. I am KZ Kenzales. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll just say I'm with Fantasy Pros, but I'm also always available to PressBox and PressBoxOnline.com. Um, got a great show. We're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, Go talk. What else are we going to talk? We're going to talk baseball. Plenty of baseball to talk about. Plenty of baseball to talk about. We got Paul Valley from the Bat Around. It's the uh, best time of year. Uh, all the all the all the, uh, the the NFL training camp uh, videos and, and tw- yeah tw- tweets yeah are guys out. in shorts are going to be it. You, you know, uh, Rashad Penny, as we all thought, is the absolute guy to own in <laughs> fantasy football for the Philadelphia Eagles because he got the first fake carry of training camp. Yes, very, very, very important. I'm writing that down, making sure. Yes, making making sure you get that. Uh, 1040, we're going to have somewhere around there. John Lau from the Fantasy Football Diehards get his takes on some of the, you know, ongoing stories uh, around uh, fantasy football. People have drafts coming up over the next uh, three weeks, I'll say. Uh, Cordell Woodland, 105.7. He's our one of the guys that's out at training camp. uh, Get his view of. What's going on there? Not more so. I just want to. I just want to get his idea about the vibe because, look, I, I covered a lot of training camps over my time. Um, it's a grind for for those guys. It's hot as hell out there. They don't give you any shade. They don't. They don't let you stand in the shade. They don't let you sit down. They barely give you water. That's not true. Ravens do a nice job, but they do not let you sit down or stand in shade <laughs> when you're covering the team. If they're going to be hot, you're going to be hot as well. So I just want to, you know, how does it feel different? Does it feel different? Does it seem different um, out there? And then uh, we're going to go down on the farm and uh, welcome in at about 1120. Uh, Ryan Long, uh, right-handed pitcher uh, in his second year with the Baltimore organization, just got caught up. Uh, a couple weeks ago to the Bowie Bay Sox after having a terrific uh, second season with uh, down in Aberdeen. Um, big kid, 6'6", six, six, yeah. uh, 23 years old, um, lots Pitch, of movement. Pitching the World Baseball Classic. Pitching so. the World Baseball Classic. We're going to get, get his uh, thoughts on that. Uh, had a big strikeout apparently in that. Um, I, believe, I believe I remember it now because I, doing a little bit of research as we were talking before the show – I remember somebody saying, you know, how cool is it in the baseball class? You get these single A kids and they're going up against these all-stars that they've probably grown up, you know, dreaming that they would pitch against and they get that opportunity in the in the baseball classic and uh he did pretty well. So we'll we'll talk to him. He was a 2021 draft pick of the Baltimore Orioles. Um you know, it's funny. It's it's so it's so hard to be a writer of any sport because you have to you have to write about things like the trade deadline. And you don't know anything. I mean, you can call your sources and, and things like that, but basically you got to make up a lot of crap. Okay? Yeah, that's what we do. We make up crap. We we it's from an educated point of view, but we make up crap. 
the Orioles for about two weeks. Good solid two weeks on every single show. Yesterday I heard on the MLB network on Sirius XM radio. I don't know who it was that said it, but it was on Mad Dog show. Mm. Okay, Russo show. It wasn't Russo who said this. It was one of his guests. I wish I knew who it was. He stated that he thought that the Orioles and the Angels could swing a one-for-one deal of Otani for Holiday, and it would be win-win for each team. He He said this out loud, and I'm like laughing. It's like, first of all, that's not enough for Otani. Okay? You're not getting one person if you were going to trade him. And secondly, maybe the third most untouchable Oriole in the organization is Holiday. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, I mean. What, where? Like, he made it up in his head. He knows nothing about what Jackson Holiday is doing except that he was a number one draft pick. And that's it. And what happens last night? First, we hear A, Otani's off the trade market. Right. And then B, the Angels are buyers. Yeah. They took one of the pitchers that was available that people were talking about going to a contender. I don't think the Angels are a contender. They've never been a contender. They haven't been a contender whether Trout and Otani have been healthy and playing all world or not. And Giolito's okay. He's not he, mm-hmm. He's not a major moving the needle guy for me. He's better than what they have. But they're going for it, and they make a trade. They give up two double-A prospects. They were, I think they were both top three or five in, 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 their the, in, in the organization. I mean, it would, it would be like if the Orioles gave up it would be, Norby and Povich right. for, for Giolito. Okay, and some other guy that they got, some other pitcher they got as well. It, it would be something like that. That's where... Those guys kind of were in the, you know, organizational depth chart of prospects. Good news for the Orioles. It is. Because two things. One, one of the teams that you're contending with didn't get Giolito. Didn't help themselves. Yeah. Okay? Another a, a guy that could go somewhere, has had success in the major leagues, viable whether you think he's a one, two, or three, but he's no worse than a three in most major league staffs. I don't really, I don't know what his numbers are this year, but he's playing for a bad team, so I, I you kind of throw out some numbers and things like that outside of like whip and and his strikeout uh, to walk ratio, things like that. But he doesn't go to a contender, and no contender that the Orioles are going to play the rest of the year mm-hmm. is going to have Otani in their lineup as a new yeah. toy. So. Hey, good so, d- good day. Everything off the field for the Orioles was a good day. Yeah, yeah. The Rays lost as well, so it was. the Rays lost. We were playing with house money last night. Would have been nice to be two and a half up today. You thought it was all going well early. You know, you get the three run homer yeah. from Adley, who absolutely. By the way, I, I, I know people really like Adley, and that at bat was such a professional at bat, and it had nothing to do with the fact that he hit a home run. It had the fact that he's up 3-1 in the count, and he sat on a fastball. And Suarez threw a perfect 
middle, middle changeup. And he just let it go. And 3-2, he sat on a fastball again. And got his fastball and pounded it for a three-run homer. Bradish looked all world for two innings. Yeah. And then, and then <laughs> for two innings, he was awful. And then like, for another two innings. And then for three innings, yeah. he was great. And then everybody in, in Ravensland crushed the manager again because he left Bradish in to face the number nine hitter who didn't even swing. It was all ours. He just... Yeah. And he hit the ball the opposite way out and, and whatever. I mean, if you're going to tell me Bradish, who's been probably... God, good. I mean, so good. Maybe one of the best five pitchers in the American League over the last two months. I mean, honestly, he's been that good. If you're going to tell me he's going to be able to go six and two-thirds on his bad day and only give up four runs, okay. I'll, I'll take his bad day one out of every eight starts. Mm-hmm. That's okay. The bigger problem with the Orioles right now is they can't hit. They have one big game. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. They don't add on runs. Yeah. They have they they get the three nothing lead. You're feeling good about it. You know, Bradish looks great. You know, they're playing with the B minus lineup, to be fair. No gunner yesterday. You got you got the three M's batting together yeah. at the bottom of the order, who we all love. Any lineup that has McKenna in it, you're always, you're you're always McKenna, a little Mateo, less confident. and McCann batting seven, eight, nine in whatever order they were in. You're just like, I kind of joked. I was like, you know, we're we're all gonna bash this, and they're gonna go eight for eleven and mm-hmm. have five. And they, I think they all got a hit. Didn't yeah, they? yeah, because uh, it was that inning that. Uh, that I mean, that, McCann had a McCann... double. Mateo had a base hit. I th- did McK- did yeah, McKenna-, McKenna and Mateo both scored on the home run. Right, right. They were both yeah. on base. Yeah, they they went back to back hits. They both scored on the home run. And you're just like you're like I'm like laughing in my head. I was like, <laughs> of course this is all going to work out. And and then you know you, your bullpen. Yeah. Again, I'm over Perez. I've been over Perez. I know he had a nice little stint there for like a couple of outings since he came back. Yeah. But he was still walking too many people. He you can't rely on him. You just can't rely on it. And if you can't rely on him, what's the point of this? Oh, we're, It's not last year. It's not May. It's about to be August. He, it's, he's not the same pitcher. You need help. You need help. You don't. You're Bauman, Baker, Perez. They don't have the out pitches. Cano looks exhausted. Uh, this and everybody's why. And I'm a big believer. And I, I'm not. I'll second guess Hyde all the time because it's just the nature of what we do. Mm-hmm. But I understand, you know, you you can't use Bautista every night. I, I get it. But when you have a chance to win a game, win the game. Worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. I would have rathered pitch Bautista. Again, this is easy to say because of how it turned out. I understand it. But even in the moment. He's your closer. I get that he's pitched a lot of innings in a couple days in a row. But you knew after yesterday, okay, well, we're not going to use him Wednesday for sure. He's off Thursday as the team's off, and then you go into the weekend series. He would have still had two buffer days. Right. That's why, like, that was the – yesterday didn't bother me as much as the day before because that's the game you had won. You bring him in, one, two, three, we all go home. Everybody's happy. Blah, blah, blah. And – Things did work out, but 
the Orioles have proven to me they'll bounce back. Mm-hmm. They'll take hopefully two or three from the Yankees, put them out of their misery, um, and, and go from there. But it, it's just I I just like that we care. I, this is just so much fun that every day. The entire Oros community is on social media. We're right. bitching together and, there, and it's, celebrating it's together. A, it's a two-game losing streak. It's a two-game against a team streak. that we're not going to see that, that that none of these games really. It's a two-game losing streak, and your starting pitchers have been dynamite for two weeks. It's mm-hmm. your bullpen. It's been the bullpen the whole time. Would that? Would it be nice? Do they need to get a starting pitcher because of all the innings? Sure, but you know it. it they keep, yeah, they keep proving that you know that they're that the 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 guys that we believe we can trust, like Kramer and the, the three guys that they pitched this uh, in yeah, this series, you can trust Kramer them. Gibson, that you can give them a long leash and they're gonna and they're gonna get through it. And and Wells, I mean, they'll back off Wells. Wells just needs a little break. I think he'll be fine. He he's his track record is such. I know he's getting up there. They'll figure it out. Um, the only thing I disagree with the most yesterday, I don't. Your manager has too much confidence. He, he still still believes in last year a little bit. Cole mm-hmm. Irvin's pitched really, really well. If you're bringing in a lefty... Time to... Yeah, see what Cole Irvin's got. Br- put, bring him in. He's been terrific. He's been terrific. It, either, whether it's been as a starter or the long reliever, he's been really good for about... Since he came back. Since yeah. he came back. Yeah. I mean, I, I just... He's the guy that I have confidence in. I mean, hopefully you get, you know... You know, Vespi comes back, and yeah. I mean, what they obviously, I mean, it's the the, the writing on. They, they need to make a move. They, they need to make a move, and I'm not. Look, I'm not gonna worry about what they. I, I don't care what lineups, who's in, who's out, what they do until Wednesday, because look, we're, we're a lot of clamoring for Mateo to be gone, and Ortiz is is down there. I, I don't. I don't have a. Pro, here's here's my thing with Ortiz. I think Ortiz can come up right now, solidify your infield. Okay, I think if you give him a legitimate shot, like you've given every other, the Westbergs, the Cowsers. the Westbergs, the Cowsers, if you treat him like that and say, okay, you're going to play four out of every six days, and give him a chance, there's nothing for him to prove. I think they're holding him down. They don't want to bring him up and then trade him. Let's see where we go through the trade deadline. Yeah, and then then you're gonna see what it is. Yeah, I think you're right with Ortiz. I mean, I think it's very clear that he doesn't really have a a kind of role on this team, at least in the in the future. So they're, they 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 don't see, I guess, really a benefit of him being on the major league roster right now, unless there you know happens to be another injury or or or, or something. Or you're done with Mateo. Yeah. If you're or, done, with Mateo, done with Mateo, he's Mateo the too. obvious guy. Yeah. He's the obvious guy because he can play short and. You know, look, Gunner and, and Westberg have proven they they're interchangeable. Mm-hmm. You know, um, short third, third second. Yeah. Um, the Westberg man, another dynamite play yesterday. I mean, that kid just can pick it, and and it looks like the bat. Even even his outs yesterday were yeah. sort of loud. Um, you know, so he's starting to to figure it out. Hopefully, you know, I I, I still I still think you gotta. You got to play Cowser a little bit more than the, than they are. I I I I know he struggled, but we he's we forget putting, he's putting the bat on the ball and and, and he he has good at bats. Yeah, I mean he, he, th- he's, getting on, he's still thing. getting on base. I said this about Adley when he came up, and we said the same thing earlier this season with Gunner. They both struggled for a significant amount of time. 
I mean, it wasn't like, oh, they came up and they were 0 for 20 after a week. They they struggled for three, four weeks. I think, if I remember correctly, after the first month, like Adley has been like 140. Yeah, Adley wasn't doing well. I, okay. I don't remember being that low, but yeah, he was He, uh, he was really struggling. Great. But I remember saying to some of some of some of the people that follow the team, I was like, "Man, I like his approach. I, I, I he has good at bats. I, I don't care that he's not. He hits. He's, he puts the bat on the ball. He's walking. Kowser is still walking. He's starting to put the bat on the ball. Some of his outs are starting to be loud. Mm-hmm. It's I a just, lot of like what we saw from Gunner for the first month right, and right, a half of right. this it's season. It's the same thing. Yeah. I just they just seem more hesitant with Kowser." To be in the lineup every day, like I would like yeah, to see I don't him know play they, three days in a row. Yeah, like I don't know if they don't trust his outfield defense, maybe for he's whatever a, reason. I will say this: he's looked shaky in the outfield. Yeah, he, he looks unsure of himself. Now, when you play left field one day, right field the you next day, then, then center, center field the next day, and you've never played in Camden Yards or any of these or, places, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can understand. And there's only so much you can do with the scouting report and going out there and. Getting balls. I understand the 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 hesitancy, um, but it also comes from. I mean, he's in now the lineup. Uh, you know, he, he. I don't think he's had three games in a row where he's played. Yeah. Um, I would. I would just like to see that. That's the one thing I would see that. I know. I know Hyde is not going to change. He likes the righty versus lefty and lefty versus righty matchups, and he's going to play his mm-hmm. hand. And I get it. I get it. You, you know, he's not going to change at this point just for us. But when young guys come up. <laughs> I, I want them to get at bats. It was my same complaint with Ortiz when he came out. It's like, I, I, don't don't bring him up just to bring him up because you need a body. Bring him up because you need to play. Yeah. And get these guys at bats. They're used to regular at bats. So, I don't know. I don't know. But it's going to be fun. Look, we're, we're here. We're at the 27th. They're in first place by a game and a half. Last two days sucked. Yeah. For the record, Adley was batting 143 through his first of 15 games. There you go. I I thought it was pretty low. I mean, like, oh, was he ready? Blah, blah, blah. Why'd they bring him up? I was like, well, you got to let these kids get through it. And Gunner wasn't much better Mm -hmm. this season. Did you – do you know – I have to ask Paul this. We're going to have Paul Valley from the batter round on in a couple minutes. I saw something. I think I retweeted it. That if – if – the Orioles, I don't know if it's they make the playoffs or they win the World. I don't know if they have to win the World Series or they make the playoffs, but because they had the number one overall prospect in baseball in Gunner and he started the year with the club, like they get extra draft picks. Yeah, I think it, it, it it's either that or it has to, and I know here, here we are guessing, I guess, uh, but but I, I think it has to do with the rookie of the year voting. Rook, is it rookie of yeah, the year? Yeah, so if, the, if he finishes like top three. That's what it was. It was rookie of the yeah. year. If he finishes first. They get something. or And then it's if, because I think the Braves last yeah, year had like, Strider and Michael Harris right, top three. Yeah. So they got, I think two. they got two picks or one. Yeah, either two and picks or one. I think if you finish first, had, you get two, and if you finish second, third, you get one. Mm-hmm. That's a cool little uh, trick. Yeah. It's a cool little trick. I like that. Be good at bring I mean, up I mean, good he's guys. He's definitely finishing top three, right? It seems like it at this point. I mean, uh, it's uh, Yoshida in, in Boston's having a really good year. He's, he's Well, Gunner's leading. now the betting favorite. I, he is? He is. Oh, okay. Well, well, then, one of those things. Yeah, like and you, then Josh Young in Texas was is also having it. I know he was Young, the favorite for Young a while. Young was the favorite for a while. He's cooled, he's off, cooled off, off a little bit. And I guess Yoshida's, Yoshida's the other one that. Yeah. Because he's batting three twenty, and he's got the best day. I'm sorry, the man's thirty years old. I mean, I get it. I I do. I get it.
I really do. But come on, I mean, he's 30 years old. He's been playing. It's not like he was playing in the minor leagues in Japan. He was playing professional baseball. They call it professional baseball. He's 30 years old, and he's gonna. He could be the rookie of the year. Get out of here. Give it to the kid. But that's a that's a cool that's a cool little trick that Major League Baseball that I did not know about, and I don't know if I truly understand it um, of why it's there. Uh, I don't know how having the rookie of the year um, and you get a they call them competitive balance picks. I doesn't that mean you're already comp- I don't know does Paul not answer his damn phone the hell Paul you know come on man um, you know it's uh, so I saw that the other day so that's kind of cool and then uh, you know we'll talk a little bit Ravens as we get along training camp we heard from Harbaugh uh, we got the we, we have the, the J.K. Dobbins which uh, probably about tomorrow, if Dobbins isn't in camp, uh, Harbaugh will decide that he's had enough of the J.K. Dobbins questions because he really didn't appreciate the ones that he got yesterday. Um, and hey, we had we had uh, Jamie Watson on yesterday. We all gave our predictions. We were both wrong uh, as the United States tied the Netherlands. Should have won the game. We're dominant the second half. Oh yeah, I mean the second half it felt like just couldn't put the ball in the net. Um, didn't decide fun. to put any fresh legs out there. He did not. He put one. He made one move. He yeah. put Rose in at halftime. Rose Roosevelt, best player in the world, best player on the team. Instant impact. As soon as she walks onto the field, they Ten are completely, later, yeah. completely different team. As soon as she walks in, she she gave ball after ball from the corner, perfect balls. Finally, Haran uh, got pissed off enough to put her head in. in <laughs> Such timing, such timing, and that you know that you know the the girl that uh, that she was beefing with is her teammate during the oh really yeah, um on their, uh, their teammates in, hmm. in the European league, the European sure. Premier League. Is Paul here? Paul is ready to go. Okay, so we're uh, we talked a little bit of baseball, we talked soccer. We're going to talk more soccer. Maybe we'll ask Paul a soccer question. I'm sure he watched the game last night. But from the bat around, as you can hear every Saturday right here. On PressBoxOnline.com, Mr. Paul Valley. Good morning, sir. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Griffin. Thanks for having me. So, uh, you know, Otani won't be uh, won't be an Oriole. Uh, I know that the national media is very depressed because they sp- just spent two weeks telling us that we're going to trade away all of our prospects for him. But uh, <laughs> how, how much I. I I know you're not surprised. I don't think any of us are surprised when we got the word yesterday that he wasn't going to be traded. How surprised are you that the Angels, though, became buyers? Um, I, I guess not too surprised, simply because of the fact that if they were keeping Otani, then they had, they had no choice but to be buyers. Um, for me, them going out and getting Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez, uh, good for them. I don't think it, it, it really doesn't move the needle for me that much because uh, they're going to have to do a whole lot more than that to get to catch up to Houston and Texas. And you've got to believe that there's at least three teams coming out of the American League East. So I still think the Angels are on the outside looking in. If you have Otani and you want to make a run at something, you have to be buyers, but it may be too little too late for that. Yeah, um, I'm kind of I'm kind of the same way. Um, 
as you're thinking. I, I don't think it's enough. I, I was, I guess I, I, I understand what you're saying. If you're going to keep Otani, you, you have to go for it. Um, cause otherwise what are we doing? They, they, they've done the other way for many years where, where Trout and Otani are your superstars and they get nowhere. So, um, but I, you know, good for the Orioles, uh, that Otani isn't traded and didn't go to one of the teams that they're, uh, contending with. And also, uh, you know, Giolito, I don't think there's a lot of starting pitching available, but there's a starter pitcher that also didn't go to one of the teams that, you know, you're going to have to deal with uh, as it goes on later in the in the baseball season. So off the field, good stuff uh, for the Orioles. On the field, look, the last two days have been frustrating. You know, Paul and I have a have a have a uh, fun time on on social media most games um you know teasing each other if anybody doesn't realize uh, i like paul a lot and, and respect his his baseball <laughs> knowledge a lot we just like to have fun with each other on social hey, hey, i don't i don't think i'd realize till right now oh okay well that's that's your problem no, I'm, I'm just kidding. i know i know but we it's all in fun and we're all you know, at the end of the day, besides what we do in the media, we're all fans, and we all want we all want the Orioles to do well. And and fans criticize and second guess and and all that fun stuff. Um, you know, I, I, the last two days were frustrating, um, more so for me uh, Tuesday than yesterday. Uh, I'm a I'm a big believer in you win the games you can win, and you worry about tomorrow tomorrow and. I get, yep. I get the, I get the whole thing with Bautista, and he had pitched a whole lot, but you know, in- innings don't matter to me um, as much as pitches do. Uh, not every, you know, when somebody says, "Well, he's pitched five innings over the last, you know, three days," well, I don't care if two of those innings he threw a total of fourteen pitches. I, I to me, right. it, to me, it's the number of pitches, and I thought he had some more in his arm for one more day and then you knew you weren't going to have him Wednesday you had the off day today I thought that would have been a, a better way to go even when we were in the moment I was sitting on a on an airplane and I had to stop watching before the ninth inning but I did get to see that Cano was warming up and I turned to my son and I'm like I'm not sure about this one. I said, I hope it works out. And two hours later, I flipped the phone back on and see what happened. Um, you know, what What I do you do if you – What if you do – you know, and and look, Hyde is not above criticism. There are things that Hyde does that drive me nuts. Some of his, some of his pinch hitting, some of his decisions of who to bring in in relief at what time. It just drives me bonkers, but – they're in first place by a game and a half. Um, they have the second best record in all of baseball. You can criticize, but it's hard to really come down too hard on them because of all the success. Yeah, it's uh, anybody that follows me on Twitter, Twitter knows that I've been hypercritical of Brandon Hyde at times, more so last year than this year. I think he's done a much better job this year than he did, than he did last year. Um, and I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that he was a – even though he's been managing since 2019, it was his first time managing in a playoff atmosphere last year. And it's kind of a, a sink or swim type of situation for him. So I, I kind of give him the benefit of the doubt last year. This year, I think he's been a lot better uh, with the team overall. And you can't deny the fact that he's got his finger on the pulse of, of his team. And he knows how to get those guys to play hard day in and day out. 
mean, a baseball season, 162 games a year, you have a 180-day season, so you only have 18 all-phase uh, during the regular season, one or two all-phase during spring training. You're basically out there grinding from the middle of February and in the Orioles' case to the middle or end of October this year. That is a lot of baseball. And to keep the, the team's energy and focus on the field, on the game, that's no, that's no small task. And Brandon Hyde has been up to the challenge. He's got that team playing hard. They play for each other. They play for him. The clubhouse atmosphere is loose. They all seem to love each other. And it's, it's pretty unique that he's got a team full of really young players, and they all have that maturity about them to be able to go out there and keep the focus on team and the game at hand instead of worrying about individual stats and making a name for themselves early on in their careers. It's really been remarkable, the job that he's done. And if I'm saying that, then you know it's got to be true. Yeah, no, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't disagree with any of that. Um, you know, I, I, I think we all, you know, as Oriole fans, we have, we have very short memories. And what I mean by that is it seems like Oriole fans can't think of back to anything beyond when COVID hit because, you know, I mean, to me, the older you get, five, six years isn't as long as, as five and six years is when, when you're young. Five and six years when you're young right. seems like forever. When you get to be my age, like, you know, the Orioles were pretty good not too long ago. I, I, I just, you know, yeah, they went through three bad years, but they, they look at look at what they came out now. I mean, not not only are they in first place, but they have the best – organization in baseball right now not because the Oilers are saying it but because everybody else in baseball is saying it they have guys that they whatever they need outside of really pitching this organization can go and get down on the farm tomorrow and yeah it leads me to my next question is what do you do with the if you're the Orioles with the pitching we just saw Giolito go uh, to the Angels for two mid-top ten prospects um, from the Angels organization. I don't know if the Angels organization is any good or not. Um, but 28th in farm system rankings. Yeah, uh, okay. So uh, be that what it may. Be the, take that for what it is. I don't know where these prospects really are, but they're, they're two mid-level top ten guys. Who do you want the Orioles to go get? And how many of them do they need to get? So if it's me, my dream package, I, I have two situations that I would love to see the Orioles put themselves in. Um, and I don't think any either of them are likely. Um, one, go to the Cubs, get Marcus Stroman, get Cody Bellinger, because a lot of people are going to sit there and they're going to tell you that the Orioles need pitching, the Orioles need pitching. The Orioles scored in two innings last night. They scored four runs, three of which came on three-run home from Adley Rutschman in the, in the third inning. So you're looking at a, at a situation where the offense is in very inconsistent at times. And, yeah, an eight-game winning streak cured a lot of things for this team, but it hid the fact that right before that eight-game winning streak, they were averaging like three runs per game in the month of July. Mm-hmm. And so now you're looking at – and I've always thought this team really needs that middle-of-the-order presence um, that, that as good as Ryan O'Hearn's been, people don't look at Ryan O'Hearn and say, this is the guy that's, that, that has the best chance to beat me. They just don't. Um, but, yes, the Orioles need starting pitching above all else. And relief, starting pitching and relief pitching, and then maybe the bat is the third focus. But if you can put a package together to get 
Marcus Stroman, who's going to opt out at the end of the year, and you get Cody Bellinger, whose contract is up at the end of the year. I think that's definitely something worth looking into. Maybe go to the Cardinals, get a Jordan Montgomery and a Paul Goldschmidt. I saw that that kind of floated around a couple of times because Goldschmidt has one year left on his deal after this year. It's only $22 million. That's not going to crush the Orioles' payroll next year. Um, maybe do a package for Montgomery and hit from the Cardinals. There's options out there for the Orioles to get something done. It's just a matter of are they going to be are they going to be willing to give up the prospects? Because even if the Orioles were to give up something like Joey Ortiz, Connor Norby, um, maybe Kate Povich, who just got promoted to AAA, their package is still going to be better than most other teams because of how deep their farm system is. They have an opportunity to go out there and make a really big splash, but it's going to come down to is does Michael Elias value his prospects more on his team than he does in a trade with another team? And I, we only have about, what, five more days to see if that, what, what the case is there. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of, of the Cardinal idea. I, I think that that would solve a lot of problems. And I know, look, I, I joked with you online, sort of a joke, but, you know, all these trade scenarios and it brings a tear to my eye because, you know, we've waited so long and we've watched these kids grow up in the minor leagues. And I don't want to get rid of anybody because, you know, I, I mean, there are two guys that I, I think the Orioles can trade pretty easily that are on the major league staff that other teams could uh, be interested in because they've had success at the major league level. And, and that's, that's Hayes and, and Monty, and and I, I think you can you can entice some teams. And I know everybody who's listening is going to say, "What are you talking about, KZ? You can't trade Hayes. Hayes is having a career year. It's first year he's been healthy. This is a two seventy yeah. hitter who's hitting three hundred. I love Hayes. I've always loved Hayes since he's been there. But you have guys that upside is is better than Hayes that are ready right now." On the on the major league roster and in Triple A, like I, you you can do this, and I think the Cardinals, Goldschmidt hitting four in this lineup and adding a Hicks or or Montgomery, I I'm all about that. And if if I'm the Orioles, that that's my focus, and and I can't wait to see what they're what they're going to do over these next five days. Um, I know everybody. In in Oriole Land is over Mateo. I I I feel bad for the guy, but I'm now over him as well. It's just you you he he just every day he does something that makes you scratch your head that says, well, if he can't do that, what's his value on the team? And if Joey Ortiz is part of this organization on August second, I want Joey Ortiz on this roster. He has nothing left to prove at the minor league level at all. Um, his numbers at the minor league level are just as good as, oh my God, Gunners and Adleys and Westberg, Westbergs and Kowsers. If not, I'm going to duck, if not better from the offensive side and nobody, and I mean nobody, doesn't think that he's an all-star defender. So yeah, I mean Joey Ortiz at AAA in his career is a 340 hitter with a 400 on base percentage, yeah. and it's been more than a small sample size at this point. The numbers he's put up there, like they're the power numbers and, and run production, maybe not at the same level as Jordan Westberg, but everything else with uh, like if you compare him to Colton Kowser, numbers are better. Yeah. So and, and if the defense is 
just as good, if not better, than Jorge Mateo. Because what a lot of people don't realize about Mateo is, yes, he's a good defender, but he's a great defender because of balls that he can get to that other people can't get to. But if you take a routine ground ball or a ground ball in, in the hole that any shortstop can get to, I, I'd put my money on Ortiz being the overall better defender with the glove. I think his glove work is just better than Mateo's. The arm is strong. We saw him play a solid shortstop, a solid third base, and a solid second base when he was up here. To me, I think he had, I really thought that he was going to have a chance to break camp with the club back in spring training if he hadn't gotten hurt. He did. Mateo ended spring training really strong, had that big month of April, and kind of threw the Ortiz plans by the wayside. But I think Joey Ortiz could be the starting shortstop for two thirds of the league right now. He may be, honestly, the Orioles' biggest trade chip because I know other organizations value his defense, and the bat is no joke. Uh, you know, he got drafted out of New Mexico State in the fourth round back in 2019, and the bat was incredible there, but they thought he was in the thinner air and made it easier for him to have power and production there. He's come ever since he got to AAA, ever since he was a year removed from his injury, which was July of last year, he's done nothing but rake and continue to play elite defense. I would love to see him get the opportunity to be the Orioles' everyday shortstop, Westberg at second, and Gunner at third, if he's not traded. And again, he may be the Orioles' biggest trade chip heading into the deadline. Yeah, and that's, you know, we'll see on, on August 2nd who's still with the organization. Um, you know, the great part is is that, you know, when they trade, if they trade a couple of these guys, they still have plenty to go. I mean, the, the organization is making moves every day. Um, with bringing guys up to double A, bringing guys up to triple A. Um, you know, Colby Mayo at the end of the day may be the best, the best uh, one outside of Gunner uh, from the middle infield positions. He's just just destroying the ball. Holiday's going to be here next year. I don't see any way he's not here next year. He's just destroying. He's destroyed single A. He's now destroyed double A. Uh, to me, he, he starts the year with the club next year. Um, if if they figure if he keeps on doing what he's doing the rest of the year, I don't need to see any more at bats from him in AAA. So yeah, he's gonna he's gonna get an opportunity in spring training. They're gonna give him a long look next year. I mean, the guy's played nine AA games and he's got six multi-hit games. Yeah. All he's done at every level since he's gotten since he was drafted is tear cover off the baseball, uh, which is again it goes back to Joey Ortiz. As good as we may think he is, that might be why he's their biggest trade chip because he's not going to play shortstop over Jackson Holiday. Right. That's just not right. going to happen. So he may not have a, a spot in this organization. And it really, and that's why the Orioles are in a position of strength right now because they basically have, they know who their starting infield is going to be in 2024. And, that's, and that excludes guys like Connor Norby, who's, who's been on fire recently and hit over 400 in college. He's got... He had 29 home runs last year. They exclude Cesar Prieto, who's been hitting over 330 at AA and AAA this year. And it, it, and it excludes Joey Ortiz. So the Orioles are really coming from a position of strength right now. They can put together the best package they want without mortgaging the future, keep their young talent, and still go out and get a really, really nice player. Again, it's just a, it's just a matter of what does Mike Elias seem to think will be best for the club. And to be part of the honest with you, man, I trust whatever he's going to do. He went out there and got, got Braddish amongst other pitchers for Dylan Bundy. He made some great trades, you know, to get Alex Cobb off the roster. Um, he's just going out and done everything that he said he was going to do from the moment. Every box has been checked. So, for me, 
I trust that he's going to go out there and put the team in the best position to make a strong playoff push the rest of the year. Sounds good. More good news. Austin Voth rehab assignment moves to AAA today, so hopefully he's uh, another arm that they can rely upon as, as he gets back in good health and get rid of some of these arms that, that just can't do it. He is Paul Valley. Paul, what do you got coming up on Saturday? So on Saturday, we're going to have Stan the Fan Charles for, back for his weekly segment after a week hiatus. And we got everybody's favorite broadcaster, Ben McDonald, just confirmed this morning he will be on the program uh, in, the set, in the 11 o'clock hour tomorrow, so you're going to want to tune in for that. Uh, everybody's favorite take to rake. We're going to go over the uh, Orioles deadline, deadline options. And, you know, just talk a lot of Orioles baseball as we head toward the deadline. Sounds good. Paul, thanks so much for joining us. I will uh... – well, I'll give you a break today, no Orioles game, and we'll be back at it on, on Friday. <laughs> I look forward to it, Casey. Always fun talking to you. Thanks for having me. Okay, thanks, man. There he goes, Paul Valley. Listen to him. Uh, Saturday, uh, the bat around 10 a.m. right here on Pressbox Online and Pressbox. Uh, you can find the feed on Pressbox. Uh, you can go to X. I got to start saying that. You got to go to X. Yeah. At Pressbox Online, click there. Uh, by the way, uh, before we take a break on the other side, we're going uh, to have get into some fantasy football. John Laub from Fantasy Football Diehards. But go to PressboxOnline.com/offers while you're waiting for us to come back and get $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after placing your first $5 bet. See this and other great sportsbook offers at PressboxOnline.com. Slash offers. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. We'll be right back. Catch that festival feeling in Charm City. Everywhere you go, you'll find exciting entertainment, delicious eats, and endless summertime fun. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards, pick crabs by the waterfront, beat the heat inside a world-class museum, and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of A.J. Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at AJMichaels.com. That's AJMichaels.com. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one 800 gambler all electronic tolling is here to stay in maryland and driveeasymd.com helps you cruise a little easier we're maryland's tolling resource home to easy pass pay by plate and video tolling it's never been easier to pay your way driveeasymd.com we'll keep you moving the Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Pressbox. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley bomb, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. 
another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. One of the most special nights of the season on Friday the 4th, Navy Night. Come celebrate the newest plebe class. Back-to-back fireworks carry on to Saturday with our pregame touch-a-truck event. And it's the last of our big hitter bobbleheads, Colton Kowser on Sunday for the first 750 fans. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? Yeah, what is wrong with you? You don't need more of Glenn. You need more KZ, and you get him for the rest of this show, and then I go off to oblivion. By the way, stay in the fan, Charles. If you missed him last night in his special Wednesday night edition, has changed up the format of his weekly shows. Now every Monday at 6 p.m., Stan. We'll be joined by former Orioles pitcher Ross Grimsley and Press Box's managing editor Luke Jackson to break down the latest news with the birds. And then every Thursday night, normally, not tonight, Stan and Gary will still chat with a different newsmaker from the world of sports. Last week they chatted with Superbook odds maker John Murray. And this coming week, yesterday, they chatted with uh, Towson football coach Rob Ambrose. Uh, so if you didn't get a chance to check it out, go to PressBoxOnline.com. You can click on his show and you can check it out. Uh, you can always watch him live at Facebook.com slash PressBox or, like I said, the next day. Today. Go yeah, right today. now. Right now. Well, no. Don't go now. Well, after the show, that's 12, what I'm 12, doing. 12.10 yeah. or so. PressBoxOnline.com slash video and YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. So join Stan Ross. And Luke, you always uh, we gotta put Gary. I know yeah, Gary. We don't give Gary enough. Oil. We don't give him enough every uh, this and every Monday night. Uh, we're gonna switch gears, maybe, because my next guest is also an Orioles fan. He doesn't live in Maryland. He's 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 got he doesn't have the extreme heat we do here. He's in lovely Connecticut, I believe, uh. still. But uh, the one, the only from fantasy football diehards. Mr. John Loud. John, thank you so much, my friend. Always always appreciate you giving me the time whenever I get on these airwaves. 
Well, I'm an Orioles fan since 1977 with Jim Palmer and Eddie Murray. And then the 1979 World Series is still probably the biggest heartbreaker in my entire lifetime. I think I was like in seventh grade, sixth grade, not exactly sure what year. But man, when Willie Sargell hit those home runs in Baltimore game seven, I think I cried for a week. Yeah, that was that was that was a, a tough memory for us all back then. Uh, you know, up three one again, just like yes. in seventy one, just three one against the Pirates. <laughs> you know, we never, no matter how good the Orioles are, we never want to see them in the the Pirates in the World Series ever again. Uh, you know, John, training camp obviously started around the NFL yesterday, so every team looks fantastic and is going to win the Super Bowl because every offensive player is going to be all-world because they're doing well in seven-versus-seven drills uh, yesterday. But, you know, there's a couple of dominoes to still fall in, in the fantasy world. And one of those big dominoes is Dalvin Cook. He's 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 been rumored to Miami. It seems like he's going to end up in the AFC East because he's rumored to Miami. He's visiting the Jets. New England is still, is still on him. I pray he goes to Miami, not because, not because I want Miami to be better, but if he goes anywhere else, he's just messing with fantasy football players who have already had drafts or are involved in drafts already. Uh, Brees Hall, you know, uh, Stevenson in New England. I don't want him to mess up either of those situations. What's your take on Dalvin Cook this year? I do think Dalvin Cook has more NFL value per se than fantasy value because I understand why an organization would bring Dalvin Cook into its running back room. We've been around long enough, my friend, to know how often running backs get hurt. And if you're like the Jets and you look at the depth chart right now, you have a lot of youth and there are some injuries. We don't really know about Brees Hall. You know, like I know people are drafting him. I think he's got a third round ADP. I've been passing on Brees Hall. Not that I'm against him. I'm just not sure about the long-term viability of the injury. And wouldn't you want to make sure he's healthy two, three years down the road. And then you have Michael Carter, who I just don't think is a full-time back. And Israel Abandaconda is still a rookie. So I think the Jets are very interested. Now, the Dolphins, I agree with you. I think Devin A. Chain is the best player right now on the roster for the system. He is just so fast and elusive in space. So he could thrive in that Miami offense. However, I don't like the pieces behind um, you know, Devin A. Chain, you know, Jeffrey Wilson, I'm not that interested in. There's no one who I really like on Miami, so I understand why they would bring in Dalvin Cook also. But no matter what we do, he is going to hurt some best ball teams that I've already drafted. He's going to hurt some early fantasy teams that I drafted. But the only good news is we all take the risk when we're drafting, and you know Devin Cook, and we still got Ezekiel Elliott out there. They're going to hurt some teams. Yeah, we're going to have Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, Leonard Fournette's going to mess something up along the way it's at some point during the season as well, wherever Absolutely. wherever he wherever he winds up going and and things like that. But but that's why we that's why we all don't play in one league or don't draft one best ball team. We draft a hundred of them and and and, <laughs> and 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 hopefully something something hits along the way. Um, 
you know, it, it, it's it, we got the news yesterday with uh, Aaron Rodgers redoing his contract so the Jets have a little bit more money. But we also have some, some running backs that are, are really interesting. Some of them are on pup like, like Brees Hall, um, you know, closer to home. J.K. Dobbins is on pup. We think it's more of a, a contract dispute than an injury thing. And Jonathan Taylor uh, didn't start uh, camp uh, apparently uh, ready to practice. What what are your take on those two players? I mean, Dobbins, you know, has some uh, has some juice, but also has a crowded backfield. Seemingly, Taylor, you know, uh, he's the only game in town. I, I'm sure he's not real happy with his owner today. But um, you know, what are your take on those two guys as far as their value right now? Let me stay in Baltimore for the listeners. Um, while I love J.K. Dobbins coming out of Ohio State, I believe I had him as the second-best running back in the draft class. I love when he landed in um, the organization with Greg Roman and Harbaugh. I thought it was a really good fit. But unfortunately, he had the injury, I believe, two years ago. Then he missed six games early in the season last year because of the injury. So, I've been staying away from J.K. Dobbins based on where he's been going off the board. I like other players. Now, this to me just says I'm going to be bypassing him as of now unless I see him on the field in training camp. So I'm putting a big hold on him. I'm just not going to draft him currently at this time at his ADP. Now, I'm always open-minded, right? If he fell to something ridiculous like the ninth round of a fantasy draft, I would then scoop up the value on J.K. Dobbins. But I've been seeing him mostly go off in that fifth and sixth round, and I tended to like receivers or other running backs at that time. So I'm on a hold right now. I'm not willing to pay the higher price in a fantasy draft. Now, John Taylor's just breaking my heart because I have been investing a lot in Jonathan Taylor. From what I hear, I'm not ready yet at this time to say I'm going to drop him or bypass him in my rankings. I still think he's a great second-round draft pick. If I can get him even in the last half, like say I get Jamar Chase in round one with the second or third pick, and Jonathan Taylor sitting there at pick number 22 or 23. I'm going to scoop up the value on Jonathan Taylor. I would even be willing to take him earlier in round two. So at this point, I still feel pretty good about Taylor because I think he'll be on the field for us. Yeah, I I, I, I tend to agree with you there. Um, I have a lot of Jonathan Taylor. I also have a lot of Brees Hall because I play in a lot of dynasty leagues and both of these, both both of these things are, are just are just destroying me right now, um, but on, here's here's some positive news from the running back situation. Uh, Javante Williams uh, not on the pup, seemingly out in practice for Denver. Denver to me is a fascinating fantasy location this year because it was so incredibly bad last year from start to finish. Um, Russell Williams destroyed many of my fantasy teams. Um, you, you, you looked on paper and you're just like, oh my God, look where he's going. He's got all these weapons. He's got wide receivers. He's got tight ends. He's got running backs. There's some injuries. And then, 
Uh, Nathaniel Hackett may be the worst NFL coach in the history of NFL coaches, <laughs> it, apparently. But Sean Payton's now there, and, and we all love Sean Payton because of the offense that he ran and, and the teams that he put together in New Orleans. Some words yesterday about how poorly the organization was run last year um, and things like that. Where are you with Wilson and Judy and Sutton and Javante Williams in fantasy this year? I'm buying them a lot because I, I see value in where they're going in drafts so far. Where are you with that? So it's interesting because I think Sigmund Bloom coined the term rational coaching. Well, I would say Hackett was irrational coaching. I mean, I've been watching NFL football for 40 years. It, it might be more now. You know, the years go by, right, Ken? But I think he was the absolute worst game day coach and ill-prepared offensive coach that I can remember. Maybe since, oh, why can't I remember the guy on the Jets who went 2-24 and 24, um, in the 90s? He was, he was also the Eagles coach. I can't remember his name all of a sudden. Um, but Hackett was awful. We know Sean Payton is a great coach possible Hall of Fame coach with the Super Bowl. I have to assume rational coaching, and what does that mean? They're going to have a superior game plan. He's going to find weaknesses in the opponent's defense, and he's not going to let Russell Wilson run over him. Not only was Hackett ill-prepared, I think he allowed Russell Wilson to do the coaching and make too many decisions. And I know that's a problem with every quarterback. You can go all the way back to Dan Reeves and John Elway. You know, the quarterback's going to be in conflict with the coach, especially when they've been in the league for a certain amount of time. But I think, obviously, Russell Wilson was just not able to run the offense efficiently without a strong coach and personality over him. Well, rational coaching says that Sean Payton's not going to allow that to happen. All they have to do is take a modest increase in efficiency. If they get 15% more production in the passing game, the Broncos, if, I mean, the running game should be much more efficient, but let's say they take a 15 to 20% increase because we know Peyton is very good at constructing a running game. I love the value of the Bronco players. I think Javonta Williams, I'm moving them up now. Um, with this news, I was concerned. I've, I've been grabbing more Samaje Pirine late in drafts, 9 and 10, so that obviously hurts my shares a little bit, but I do think Pirine will still have a role. I Javonta Williams is the potential star, right? I would like to see Javonta Williams be the Alvin Kamara light, and maybe you get P. Ryan to be the Mark Ingram type of player, fourth quarter closer, has some, you know, short yardage value. And I love the receivers right now at their value. I mean, I'm basically taking whoever is coming at less cost, Jerry, Judy, or Cortland Sutton. I've kind of got that from my football diehard teammates, um, Mike Dempsey and Bob Harris over the years. When I like an offense, I will take the, the less expensive in drafts of the two parts because I think Cortland Sutton has a very high ceiling as the X receiver, kind of like Michael Thomas in that role. But I think Jerry Judy is the better route runner. 
So, you know, I'll take the value pick. And then I think the sleeper right now is the tight end, right? Yep. Dulcich. I think if Greg Dulcich could be 75% of what, you know, I don't want to say Jimmy Graham, but Sean Payton's had, if he can be 75% of the tight end average, I liked him at UCLA. He's a move tight end. I think he's a better route runner than inline blocker. Dulcich is coming. I think his ADP is double-digit rounds. And for the ceiling in Sean Payton's offense, I like that a lot. And why I think the whole thing works, my friend, Denver improved the offensive line. They were near the bottom last year. Sean Payton had, I think at one time, he had the best offensive line in the NFL with New Orleans. I think it was always an underrated aspect of those teams. I expect the offensive line to take a big uptick in, in efficiency and production this year. Yeah, I, I'm with you, and I'm going to give anybody that can hear my voice, and you can hear it later as well, um, go go join a best ball league. Put some money down. <laughs> go put some money down on it. I'm convinced you win best ball leagues by having mini stacks. I can stack the Denver Broncos so easily in best ball leagues because of where they're going. I can get Judy or Sutton, and I can pair him with Russell Wilson. I can get I can get Dulich in there, and I can even get Javante Williams in there if I reach around early, and just take a risk. Throw throw your your five dollar whatever your favorite site is uh, that can win some money, and put a futures bet down on a best ball league because this offense is not going to be what it was last year. And these guys in most drafts, you could get for nothing. Dulwich is the guy that I own everywhere. If I do not, if I miss out in round one, depending on where I pick on Kelsey, and if I miss out on Andrews if he's in round three, because that's as early as I'll take Andrews in a draft, my tight ends more times than not are Dulwich and Fryermuth together, and I'm going to be fine. And then I go and grab uh, uh, Thomas from the Redskins with my last pick. And I got three tight ends that should be very active. Two of them could see 100-plus targets this year. And I've got no problem at tight end anymore without paying a price and maybe without drafting one before the ninth round. So I I, I love Dulwich. I, I think, you know, you looked at what he did last year, even in a bad offense and as a as a young tight end those numbers are really really solid so i agree with you there we're talking with john laub of fantasy football diehards um you can find john on i can't am i allowed to say twitter uh, or x whatever <laughs> wherever you want to find john whatever you want to call this this new brave new world he's at gridiron scholar s c h o l 91 he's got great contact content um we're talking a lot of nfl but probably the definitive voice in college fantasy football in the industry in my opinion um great stuff there um he's doing a a a great draft with fan tracks uh to to benefit the saint jude hospitals children hospitals so check that out i've retweeted that a couple of times i will do it before the end of the show today uh if you want to get involved in in college football or as they say devy leagues 
Um, John is your go-to guy for that. So, John, before I let you go, um, give me some. Give me some. We all like sleepers, especially this time of the year, um, as you know, you may be starting to get close to your league drafts. You're definitely starting to play more uh, best ball before they kind of disappear. Uh, give me some of your favorite sleepers that you're targeting in drafts and, and you think could be uh, league winners. And, okay, so first what I'm going to do, I'm going to um, go off of your stack and then I'll give individual sleepers. My other favorite stack, and I couldn't agree with you more on the Denver Broncos stack, it's a great one. The other one that I really like is Seattle. If you are willing to go the third round with DK Metcalf, yeah. But you can get Geno Smith, Tyler Lockett, Noah Fant. You know, they are coming at such a nice value. And one of the things that I love to do, Ken, and stacking is so important, I agree with you, but everyone can stack, you know, Kansas City if you can get it to happen or Cincinnati. I like to go in the first six rounds, get my best players available, and then what you said with Denver, then Back in round seven through 14. That's where, to me, the stack is most valuable. I'm not worried about the stack with the top offenses. So some of the sleepers, my number one running back that I've got a ton of, but now he's actually rising a little bit, is Rashid um, White, out, the running back out, not um, Rashawn White, the running back out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm not convinced Tampa Bay is going to be a very good team. But I am seeking volume, and right now when I look at that depth chart in Tampa Bay, you know, you have Chase Edmonds and you have the, the rookie Sean um, Taylor out of Syracuse. White, to me, is by far the prototypical pass-catching running back. He has the size. He has the route-running ability. The touches should be there. I mean, I think you're looking at a back with at least 170 carries, and he should have over 50 receptions this year for Tampa Bay. So while I don't love the offense, I think he's the number one running back there who I like a ton of. And when we're, if we go back to the quarterback position, I do like Geno Smith and Russell Wilson, but let's go, let's um, pass those. I can't believe Jared Goff is coming at such a good value, my friend. I mean, last year, I think it, I think the stat, and I might, I'm probably going to have it wrong, but I'm going to paraphrase. Jamal Williams had something like nine one-yard touchdowns last year. Well, if you watch Detroit, they were stopped on passes or receptions near the goal line a ton. Goff still at 29 touchdowns. I don't understand. I, I mean, people love this Detroit Lions offense, right? We, uh, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown is an early second-round pick. People love Jamar Gibbs. People like David Montgomery. And then I don't hear anyone talking about Jared Goff. The couple things that he does, he plays every game. And you're in Baltimore. I was a huge Cal Ripken fan availability is the number one skill in fantasy football. Is there anything that can torpedo your season worse than a player who is injured? Jared Goff plays football. 
absolutely love him with Detroit. And if I don't get my Amon Ross St. Brown, if I don't get Jameer Gibbs, if I don't get a tight end, I'll go with Jared Goff because he's the master of the um, Detroit Lions offense. I love that. And then going really deep at wide receiver, there are two of them that I really like. I've really fallen in love with Christian Watson this year of the Packers. I know there's a little bit of risk with Jordan Love at quarterback, but I was so incredibly impressed with Watson last year. I liked him coming out of North Dakota State. Um, saw a lot of them in the playoffs in college. Then I watched him at the Senior Bowl, and he became, you know, he was just great at the combine. But I thought his rookie season for the Packers was just tremendous, and I don't think he's going to have the touchdown equity, seven touchdowns on 41 receptions. But if we get more targets, more receptions, maybe he gets eight or nine touchdowns this year. But I think the volume will be there when I look at the Green Bay depth chart. Christian Watson is the guy that I like an absolute ton. So I'm getting a lot of him there. And the player that I'm kind of high on, and I know everyone's talking about Calvin Ridley, but I find myself with a lot of Christian Kirk. He falls behind Ridley. What we saw last year was 133 targets. Maybe he doesn't get 133 yet. I believe that the efficiency will improve with an improved Trevor Lawrence. Also, what if his targets are more valuable? He's no longer the number one receiver. He's the number two receiver in Jacksonville, which means he might have better matchup advantages. So the value of the targets might be higher. I like Christian Kirk a ton. He's falls very low so if I can get like Christian Kirk and Christian Watson is my second and third wide receivers I am totally happy with that roster build he is John Laub I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more I love those names by the way uh Jared Goff is my ninth ranked overall quarterback this year Uh, criminally criminally (laughs) you know the 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 Lions are the fourth betting favorite to win the NFC and I can get golf for free in every fantasy best ball league draft anything I want to draft I can get him for free I think he's got 40 4500 potential uh this year with that offense and I couldn't agree with you more go get go get uh yourself some shares of Mr. Golf John is always my friend I so appreciate your time. Great stuff as always, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Thank you very much, and have a great day, everyone. You too. There he goes, John Lau, fantasy football diehards. Uh, check him out on Twitter, um, Gridiron Scholar. I'm about to uh, retweet right now um, uh, his college football, fantasy football on fan tracks game plan and all that stuff. Um do you want to just go right into Cord? We're going to go right in to Cordell as soon as we get him on the phone. But first, you know, the Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Um, we're not going to take up some time. And we, you know, unfortunately, you get myself who rambles. And you get John, who just is a 
plethora of information, and we go long. But I want to bring right now from 105.7, the fan, uh, Cordell Woodland. Cordell, uh, you and I have, have traded some comments on social media. We haven't met in person. I'm sure that they would co- will come soon enough. But uh, thanks for joining the show today. Big fan of what you're doing uh, uh, over there, 105.7. You're on site. Uh, you're, you're at training camp. Can you just give me the vibe of training camp? I know everybody looks great uh, among all 32 teams, and I know J.K. Dobbins is not there, but can you give me the vibe of training camp after one day? Yeah, uh, and I appreciate the kind words for sure, man. Um, Yeah, yesterday was, you know, a nice intro day, first day. Uh, The good thing is you don't have any major injuries or anything like that. Nobody had to be helped off the field. Um, But I'll say this. Um, especially during the Lamar Jackson era, it's been clear that Lamar Jackson is far and away the most popular player on the team. There is a different roar, a different cheer when Lamar Jackson comes out of the building for practice compared to any other player on the team. But yesterday, Odell Beckham gave him a really good run for his money, and that was just something cool to see. The kids, when they get in front of Lamar, they're, they're just, I mean, they're, they're crying, they're, they're smiling, they're, they, they just lose their minds. And Odell Beckham gives them that, ex, that same exact feeling. And it, it's, just, it's just cool to see the way that they engage with everybody. And, um, and, and the, peop, the, the turnout was really good yesterday on a day that really wasn't too hot. But today that'll change and really going on from today as we're in this heat advisory. But, yeah, yesterday was a, definitely a good start. Had a couple of plays, I'd say Beckham – had the play of the day on a nice stop-and-go route, for, uh, and Lamar threw a beautiful ball to him with Rocky sending coverage. Uh, and I thought Lamar was really sharp yesterday as well. A lot of the passes Lamar made, whether it was over the middle or outside the numbers, uh, they were really wide receiver-friendly type of passes. Guys didn't have to overextend or adjust in the middle of the air or anything like that. I mean, Lamar was really sharp yesterday, so hopefully those guys can uh, build on that today as well. Yeah, um, you know, there's got to be, from what I heard, there's a, a completely new tempo, uh, especially to the offense. Um, you know, obviously, the the arguably the best wide receiving corp that the Ravens have ever had, uh, the addition of, of Beckham and obviously uh, a Zay, the first-round uh, draft pick. Uh Let's let's flip it around for a quick second. And the bi- the biggest news for me, um, and and I used to be out there a lot, and I, I'm glad that I no longer am because these next three days are not going to be fun for you all. No, uh, with this heat, and, and they don't they don't let you sit down or go in the shade, so uh, it's going to be as hot for you all as it is for the players. But um, maybe they'll let you guys go inside inside the bubble one of these days. But uh, you know the the. Everybody, and it's the first time I can remember this, everybody passed the conditioning test, which is mm-hmm. which is fascinating to me because it's got the reputation as one of the hardest ones. In fact, uh, there was a, a, a little back and forth on, uh, on Twitter with uh, Judon and Van Noy where Van Noy said he did it for fun. And Judon came back at him and was like, you're nuts if you think you did that for fun because it's awful. Um, I think that's a great sign. I mean, especially for the offensive line where every rep is going to be important because we don't know who the left guard is 
Um, and there, there's talks about what are we calling him? Are we, calling, are we saying he's Sala because none of us yeah, can pronounce we, his name? We, we, we've We're, been given the green. We've been given the green <laughs> light to call him Sala. We, and we, I'm gonna go with they've, it. They've they've let us all off the hook. I can't I can't <laughs> usually pronounce Smith right, and the fact that they're letting us do Sala is just right up my alley. But you know, very rare for a Ravens team to to really talk up. Um, a sixth round draft pick like this, uh, they usually have to earn their stripes. Um, they must really see something special in him uh, that they're they're considering giving him first uh, first team reps from the start. Um, w- did you get a chance to look at the offensive line and 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 get any idea of of where they may be thinking in the pecking order, especially at left guard? Yeah, I mean, well, the Sala uh, he's basically taken over that first team. Uh, reps at left guard really since the start of minicamp. He did it the entirety of minicamp, and yesterday he was right back out there. So I think there is something to be said about the fact that ever since they have at least given him a look with the first team, they haven't gone back. He's been the guy out there, and we'll see if that's the case again today. Uh, but it's clear they, they like him. And I'll, I'll say this. I, when I was leaving the uh, facility on Tuesday after we spoke to a couple of the players, uh, I, I ran. I literally ran into Sala on the outside, and I mean, he is a mammoth of a man. And when you compare that with his athleticism, his ability to move, his ability to uh, work in space, um, it, it's a. It could really be a recipe for success for for the Ravens, and they're in a good spot on the offensive line uh, because when you look at this O line from right to left, there's a lot of uh, continuity there. Uh, when you look at Morgan Moses at right tackle, uh, Kevin Zeitler at guard, Tyler Linderbaum at center, and then on the left side of of, of Sala or whoever's going to be at left guard, you've got an all pro in Ronnie Stanley. So it helps that you have those that that good cast around whoever's going to be at that left guard spot, especially if it's going to be your sixth round rookie, because you can expect that those guys will be able to help get them on the same page, help them out in blocks if you know if he's not having his best day. Uh, but so far, so good for Sala. And like I said, I think it's definitely a great sign that ever since they've given him an opportunity to be with the first team, he hasn't turned back. We're talking with Cordell Woodland from 105.7. Uh, he's out there at the Castle covering the Ravens uh, training camp. What time's the practice today? Uh, 2.35. They're still doing 2.35. They got to move that into the mornings, man. Too hot out here. Well, when the commanders come to town in a couple of weeks, practice will be at nine thirty. There you go. Uh, and next week, practice goes to one thirty. So they're they're pushing it up little by little. Uh, but I think one thirty will be the earliest practice we have. Sadly. Sadly, yes, yeah, sadly. Well, ho- hopefully we get we get we get this couple of days and then then a cool front comes in for you guys <laughs> it's a long Please. hot day it's a long hot day uh let's let's go to the defensive side of the ball I, I think there are some questions um on that side of the ball I don't know if they are are done um adding players but look the the pass rush uh pass rush has potential as, as they say uh Oway, uh, uh Jabo, I think I think we can both see what they can do, but this is a, a to me for Oway especially kind of a put up or, or or shut up type year for them. I still have a couple of questions. I know they keep on signing 
retreads to be kind in the secondary. I still think they have some some questions there. I think there's a lot of focus on, on Roxanne um, and Owe on that side of the ball. I think if those two guys can can handle their responsibilities, it could be very special. Um, what are your thoughts on Owe for this season and the secondary? Yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody has questions about Adafi Owe right now. Going into year three, um, we haven't seen the production, uh, specifically the sack production, that you'd like to see from a first-round pick. That's an edge rusher. I mean, it just is what it is. And maybe we shouldn't be surprised, right? I mean, this is a guy that came out of college with zero sacks in his final year. Um, so should we really be surprised that, that, this, that he's not racking up the sacks? Now, his rookie year, you know, especially the, the, the first half of his rookie year, he was phenomenal. You know, he's making game-winning uh, tackles, game-winning sacks, strip sacks, stripping the ball out uh, to win games. I mean, he was he was a big-time playmaker, and he was a guy that they were moving all around that off that, that defensive front. Um, and it's kind of seemed like he has regressed ever since then. We know he had the shoulder surgery after last season, well, after, the, after his rookie season, which kind of hindered his, uh, his second year a little bit in terms of him getting – out able to instead of trying to get better in the offseason he's rehabbing in the offseason and, and that is a big difference uh for sure and I don't want to make it seem like Adafi Owe doesn't do anything good like he is a good edge setter he helps him run support and I I will say there were quite a few times where Justin Houston probably uh got the benefit of getting the sack the actual uh sack when Adafi Owe was the guy that was there first. Now, maybe he didn't bring him down, uh, you know, and, and that's probably uh, something he needs to work on as well, actually finishing plays. When you're a speed rusher, your job is to get there, not almost get there. And I think that's got to be the next phase in Adafi always game. Go, trans, going from that almost guy to, okay, where I'm, I'm the guy that's making plays. I'm the guy that's making those game-changing plays. And I think he can do it. He's got the ability, no doubt. I think the talent is there. I don't have a doubt about that at all. And I think the hire of Chuck Smith could honestly turn out to be maybe the best offseason move that the Ravens made this offseason outside of re-signing Lamar. Uh, because if Chuck Smith can revive Adafi Owe and, and really maximize uh, David Ajabo on that other side, and hey, maybe even take Justin Matabike and some of those guys' uh, pass rushing game to the next level as well, That'll be a huge win for them. Um, in terms of the secondary, I think, you know, the same there. Question marks are valid. Uh, you look at it, you don't really know who the nickel corner is going to be. I mean, Kyle Hamilton is definitely going to still play a big role with that because he was so good at it last year. He's going to be that hybrid safety nickel corner guy. Brandon Stevens, I think, is going to be in that same type of role. You may see him on the back end of the defense. You may see him in the box. You may see him at nickel corner. He's going to be another one of those chess pieces. But – Rocky Hassan is going to, you know, everybody's kind of waiting to see what he does. And he got tested quite a bit yesterday. Um, and I think that's going to be the case for him throughout the season. The teams are going to look at it and like, who do I, who would I rather throw at? Marlon Humphrey or Rocky Hassan? And it's going to be Rocky Hassan yeah, every single time. Um, and when you play in the AFC North and you're going up against teams like the Bengals who have multiple wide receivers you have to guard, he's definitely going to have his hands full. So, I think he can play, um, but how, how good he will be remains to be seen. How healthy he'll be remains to be seen because he's dealt with injuries 
uh, throughout his career as well. But I'm looking at guys like Pepe Williams and Jalen Armour Davis and Caillou Blue Kelly, some of these young guys. Can they make a name for themselves? Can they uh, find a way to uh, make a big enough impression on these coaches to where they're getting act- legit playing time? I think they, the coaches would like for Jalen Armour Davis to really show them something and force their hand to put him on the field. I think he has the measurables and, and, and the skill to play it. But can he stay healthy and can he be productive enough on a consistent enough basis to keep him on the field uh, remains to be seen. But, yeah, I think there are a ton of question marks around this defense, which I still expect to be really good. But sadly, I don't think the question marks we have about them will get answered until maybe halfway through the season. Fair and and, and good stuff, as always, from you, Cordell. Um, make sure the next time you see our, our friends, um, Glenn Clark and Sarita, Ask Glenn what what Casey's view is on Adafi Owe, and uh, you know then, then 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 you and I will have a conversation. Hey, he's, he's, he's Cordell Woodland, one hundred five point seven. You can catch him. Uh, what what out? What what do they got? I know the schedules are crazy now. What do they got you on now, Cordell? Yeah, I, I'm on mostly uh, Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. Uh, what time I'm on depends on the <laughs> Orioles game, since the Orioles are yeah. off today. Uh, I'll be on at six. I'll be on from six to eight. But usually when the Orioles play, my show starts pretty much at the same time as the Orioles game. There you go. Well, make sure you check him out. Good stuff as always, my friend. Keep on doing what you're doing. Hope to meet you down the line at some point face to face. And uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, appreciate you having There he goes. Cordell Woodland, 105.7. Check him out tonight, 6 p.m. on 105.7. The Fan. We're going to take, I don't know if it's our first break, our second break, our final break. I don't know what it is. But, uh, you know, while while there's a break, if you're in your car, uh, the latest edition of Press Box is available now. And on the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back at the impact of the late Tony Saragusa had on bo- both on and off the field in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to become a star in the Orioles' rotation. And you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the great state of Maryland. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 different Royal Farm stores. You can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage for Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You're listening to the Glenn Clark Radio Show. We'll be right back. Hike to new heights. The best view is yours in Washington County. Our iconic scenic overlooks provide some of the most breathtaking vistas in the mid-Atlantic. Some are very easy walks, some can be driven to, and some are the payoff for a moderate to difficult hike. All are near quaint small towns that offer great dining, shopping, hiking gear, and more. Explore our five national parks for iconic vistas and wineries with breathtaking views. Visit our quaint historic towns and make your stay unforgettable. Learn more at visithagerstown.com Maryland, be open. Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. 
where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one. 800 gambler. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge. 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. Hey, y'all doing? Uh, apparently we're back. Nobody told me this. But uh, welcome back to the Glenn Clark Radio Show. By the way, PressBox is offering new sports better, the best sign-up bonuses and promos. From seven legal online sportsbook, go to pressboxonline.com slash offers right now and get offers like $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings and after placing your first $10 bet or up to $1,250 in bonus bets from Caesars. Time is limited to get these best offers all uh, of all these sportsbooks. And you can go, why don't you wait until after the next segment? But right after this next segment, during our next break, go to pressboxonline.com slash offers and sign up today and get your bonuses going. Uh, but we're going to go, uh, before you do that, uh, we're going to go down to the farm, as they say. And we're going to bring in, I guess, the can we call him the newest Bowie Bay Sox? Have they brought somebody else up after him? I don't know. Yeah. But Ryan Long, the uh, Orioles' 17th round draft pick in the 2021 uh, Major League Baseball draft, joins us. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome to Glenn Clark Radio. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. 
So, uh, you know, 2021 draft pick, but first I want to talk. Um, you got a little bit of press uh, during the World Baseball Classic while you were pitching for Great Britain. Can you tell me about your experience in the in the World Baseball Classic? Yeah, absolutely. That was uh, probably the best experience I've ever had. It was it was really special. Um, it was it was both great to be able to pitch against that level of competition, but also to be able to you know represent my heritage. My uh, my whole mom's side of the family is from England, um, so it was great to be able to go out and play with that team, um, and also had the perk of being able to face some uh, some really high level competition against uh, against the USA and Mexico. So yeah, it was it was an unbelievable experience, one that has definitely helped me out throughout this year. So the 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 press that I. I... I talked about was uh, you had a not only good competition, but maybe um, arguably one of the best hitters over the last you know five six years. Uh, you were able to face Mike Trout. Um, how'd that go for you? Yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty special at bat. I was able to get him to strike out on a three two three two count. So uh, yeah, that was uh, that was definitely definitely the highlight of the game for me. Um, but it was it was just awesome to be able to be out there. I uh, really showed me what you know a major league setting would be like and uh, it, was, it was it was cool to know that I could go out and have success at that level and speaking of success I mean this year um, in 60 innings in Aberdeen um, 2.52 ERA uh, 71 strikeouts with only 18 walks so a lot of success so it's obviously why uh, you were brought up to Bowie it looks like so far in your minor league career you've been used out of the bullpen just as much as you have been a starter um first of all what's your preference uh starter or reliever and number two has the organization uh you know kind of told you what their plan is right now for you as you move through the organization yeah so to answer your first question um i've always been a starter my whole life i've that's kind of what i'm more familiar with. So I, I'd say that might be the easier one for me. Uh, but the way that the Orioles structure it is they, you know, especially, you know, in double A and high A, they, they have um, more than five guys that they want to get starter innings. So what they'll do is they'll throw, say, a second starter um, after the first starter. So when I'm getting relief outings, they're, they're planned and they're usually supposed to be, you know, around four, five innings. Um, so, you're still getting essentially a starter's workload and you can kind of prepare like a starter. So it's not too different. Um, and so basically I have been getting those starter type innings, um, which has been cool. Um, in terms of the plan, I'm not entirely sure what the, what the next steps are. I, I know as of now I'm, I'm in that role still, you know, being a starter or sometimes that bulk reliever. Um, but we'll just have to see how it goes. Uh, but yeah, I, it's, it's cool to be able to get experience doing, doing both, both starting and, and throwing out of the bullpen just because, you know, that gives you more options as you continue to move up in the minor league system. So before all Oriole fans kill me um, that are listening to the program, let's talk uh, about you as a pitcher, and then I'll ask the, the obvious question, and you'll know the obvious question when I ask <laughs> it. Um, and I'm sure you, you're expecting it, but, uh, you know, 6'6", 240, 23 years old, What's your what's your best pitch? What's your pitch repertoire? Um, what are you working on to improve uh, while you're down on the farm? Yeah, so I throw five different pitches. Um, I throw a fastball, a slider, a cutter, a changeup, and a curveball. Um, 
my my fastball and my changeup are probably right now my best two. Uh, I also throw my cutter a lot, um, just depending on which side of hitter I'm facing. Um, right now, my slider is my biggest work in progress pitch. I'd say I've been working, you know, every day with my with my coach up here in Bowie, um, just making sure I can try and throw that a little bit harder, get it more consistent. Um, so. Yeah, it's been it's been great. It's been great to continue to work on that that uh, that whole the whole repertoire, um, and and I'd say that you know, I'd say that over the over the year I've definitely been able to refine that um, you know a lot more than than in past years. So so yeah, that's that's where I'm at with that. Well, it looks like the command is there, obviously, with the with the with the great uh, K to walk ratio. Um, you know, the the great thing about about you know broadcasts and and having a a, a good uh, major league baseball team is that you a lot of more eyes on the broadcast. So I've got to ask the follow up question: four seam or two seam fastball, and do we have a yeah. do we have a swerve yet? Um, I have a. I have a four-seam fastball um, that actually changed after joining the Orioles. Uh, I threw kind of a two-seam fastball all throughout college and coming into the Orioles, but I was able to, you know, change the grip on it and, and get a lot more life on that pitch, which, which is great. Um, in terms of the, the other pitches, um, I, I've been working on the new pitch they call a sweeper. Um, that's, that's like the, like the new-age slider. Yeah, the so new age so that's, slider. The, that's, the, um, that's the pitch that we're, uh, that we're working on. And, you know, it's, it's it's hard for me just because I naturally can throw that fastball and 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 the changeup a little bit easier. Uh, you know, going towards my towards my throwing arm side, um, and and the pitches going towards my glove side have always been a little harder for me. But um, I'm definitely making progress on that. So awesome. um, it's, it's been really cool to work with uh, work with all the coaches here and and it and improve on that. And you know, look, you're you're in an organization now that that had some rough years, but they. Yep. They're coming on the other side of that, and yep. there's so much movement within the minor leagues with guys be, kind of being fast-tracked progression-wise that we've never seen in this organization. Does, yeah. does that excitement come down to the farm? I mean, it's like when you see a guy like like you got brought up and then you see a guy like Povich who, who is moving up the organization. He just gets moved yeah. out yesterday up to AAA, and you're seeing these guys – uh, come up the system and get to the major leagues quicker. How exciting is it to be a part of an organization where you can actually see the path? Oh, it's extremely exciting. I mean, there's 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 a few parts of it. One, you know, the major league team is great right now. They're the best team in the American League, and you know, seeing that success up there with guys who were just in the minor leagues last year um, or even this year uh, is 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 awesome. I mean, it shows you, okay, you can go up there and have a role on that team pretty soon. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool to see guys, you know, hitting their milestones and moving up, moving up in the system, you know, like, Hey, yesterday we, we all got to see a move up in the locker room yesterday. And that was, that was awesome. Um, and it, and it just shows you, you know, you, as long as you keep, you know, working on what you're working on and, and improving on all the things that, that you're working on with the Orioles and, you know, having success in the field, there is space for you at the next level, no matter what. So, so yeah, it's, it's really, it's really great to be part of this organization, um, especially right now. Okay, elephant in the room, Jackson yep. Ho- Jackson Holiday, number one <laughs> overall prospect. You, you you haven't seen him. You, you've got to see him for a couple of weeks now. Um, you know, for those that haven't been able yet to get to either Aberdeen or Bowie and see this nineteen-year-old kid, mm-hmm. 
what what just makes him i mean he's like the hottest name in the minor leagues what just yeah you know what what do you give me your scouting report of this kid yeah well i mean i've i've been lucky enough to, to be at every single level both or delmarva aberdeen and Bowie. every time he's made his debut um so i've actually i've actually i've actually been with him a lot now and man he's he's a special player he's really a true five tool player um you know all the highs is is real um He's just a mature kid who goes about his work, um, you know, in a very pro way. Uh, he he's always working on improving his game. He's never satisfied with where he's at. Um, he takes all the all the small facets really importantly, right? He, you know, if, even if he's having a bad day at the plate, which isn't, isn't very often, um, he'll go out and play play a, a great shortstop behind you. So yeah, he's a special player. I mean, I've never seen a 19 year old be able to play the game like this and you know he's been moving really fast and i think he will continue to um he's definitely he's definitely a part of them you know a very uh you know he's he's, he's gonna be part of the orioles very soon i'd say um but yeah he's he's special i'd definitely say come out to boo to watch him all you can i'm not sure uh, i'm not sure how much long he'll be here <laughs> <laughs> it seems like that's been the case all all along as he's moved through you know all of a sudden you oh we're gonna go yeah. to aberdeen we're gonna go to aberdeen next week up oh, he's not there <laughs> exactly um, yeah so, so Ryan, before we let you go, and I truly appreci- yep. appreciate your time. Uh, when you're not playing baseball, what what's what's life? What 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 do you do in your in your time off? Um, you know, hobbies, pets, or the whole yeah. gamut. Yeah. Um, so I say during the season, um, you know, a lot of the time off is just really trying to get the time you can in the morning to you know do what you, do whatever you can to just relax. So for me, that's doing a lot of reading um on the road i room with uh alex fam who's also having a great year and we, yeah. we love watching shows and, and and stuff at night so that's uh that's been really fun um i actually uh i do some part-time stuff for my mom and dad they own a flooring store uh back where i'm where i'm from in seattle so i'll do a little uh i'll do a little work for them in the mornings um so yeah just just trying to stay relaxed trying to get your mind off baseball because you're at the field so long i think it's really important to to make sure you're just enjoying your time and uh, and and making sure you're you're as focused for those hours that you're at the field as possible. Okay, I've known Glenn Clark for a long time, who's the main host of this show. So I have to ask, based on your answer, yeah. what what shows are you streaming? What 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 are you guys are what are you watching <laughs> now? What 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 are you watching that we should be watching? <laughs> what am I watching? Um, let's see. I just finished a show on HBO called Barry. Um, it's about this. Uh, hitman who shows up in an acting class and uh, starts trying to become an actor. Uh, it's starring Bill Hader. It's, it's it's pretty funny, but also intense show. It's a good good combo. Um, and then outside of that, just some other uh, you know some mindless stuff like I think you should leave on Netflix. Just a pretty funny comedy show. So uh, yeah, just just trying to just trying to. <laughs> It seems like I think you should leave. Baseball, yeah. like I said. It seems like I think you should leave is a necessity for everyone in the Orioles organization right <laughs> now. Dude. Yeah, I know. I know Adley's made that pretty popular. You know, he's, he's talking about it all the time. But yeah, I've been uh, I've been watching that show since my college days with my buddies in in college, and uh, and we loved that. So so yeah, I've gotten I've gotten some guys on the team onto that too. So yeah, it's a, it's a pretty funny show. So if you want something a little bit more serious, my son, who who just turned who's nineteen now, just turned me on to Hijack. Um, hijack yes very very i've watched two episodes and i'm hooked and and he awesome he, he it's the first show i think 
that he hasn't tried to just bin watch and he's it it comes out you know as they come out when they're first done one a week and he's very upset at the end of every show that he's got to wait <laughs> another another week so that that may be another one to, to check out when you have some time uh absolutely well uh, yeah ryan it's it's been a delight uh to get to know you um continued success um, as you make your way through the organization and you know we we hope we hope you're successful we hope to see you at the big club uh sooner than later thank you very much appreciate you having me on okay take care ryan long uh buoy bay Sox. uh sounds like a just a terrific guy um a lot of fun enjoying his time um if you get a chance to go on youtube he is the single a pitcher that they spoke about that struck out mike trout during the World Baseball Classic um, and just sounds like a really good guy. It's my first time ever talking to him and probably our first time uh, ever talking to him on Glenn Clark Radio, but I hope, uh, you know, he, he continues uh, his success and, uh, you know, 6'6", 240 pitchers do not grow on trees. Yeah, yeah, he's an exciting. I mean, it, it's hard not to get get excited, I guess, when any Orioles pitching prospect has success right now, just since that's where they're more thin. Um, but yeah, yeah. They, they, it's uh, it's nice to see that there are there are pitchers do exist in this yes. organization. Yeah, they do exist. I mean, look, obviously the offense, they have more offensive players, uh, field players in the organization that are that are ready to go. But there there are some pitchers, and you know, we saw. Uh, in the Major League Baseball draft. I mean, they took the most pitchers they ever have in the Elias era. They were able to sign all the ones that they expected to sign. There were a couple that, you know, wit would have been nice, but that was a pipe dream. That was just like, uh, let me see if we can throw a couple dollars at him and, and he'll stay and blah, blah, blah. It did work out. But, um, no, really, uh, really enjoyed that interview. Wish uh, Ryan nothing but success um, as we go forward. We're going to um, – I think we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we'll get into your fighting segment. Yes, fighting words. Fighting words. Fighting words. Big weekend. Big weekend for the fight. I'll for the take. Fight world. It's not my thing. It's so what? Okay. I'm going to be no good at this. Okay. I'm not. I do not. I do not play. My son does. I don't play in that arena. Gotcha. Um, but uh, you're listening to Glenn Clark Radio, and we'll be right back. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. One of the most special nights of the season on Friday the 4th, Navy Night. Come celebrate the newest plebe class. Back-to-back fireworks carry on to Saturday with our pregame touch-a-truck event. And it's the last of our big hitter bobbleheads, Colton Kowser on Sunday for the first 750 fans. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. The All-America Senior Game powered by New Balance will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Soak up summertime fun in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouth-watering eats, and endless entertainment. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards. Pick crabs by the waterfront. Beat the heat inside a world-class museum and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of A.J. Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at A.J. Michaels. 
AJMichaels.com. That's AJMichaels.com. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation. And you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressbox online, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know it's on Grindr or anything, I swear! Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. KZ, in for Glenn today. Tomorrow you will have... The one, the only, stand the fan, Charles, in the big chair. Uh, by the way, the Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local area Toyota dealer today. Uh, we got over there. Uh, all right, here, I got our uh, intro song. You got your intro song? It's Fighting Words with Riffin Bats. That's right. It is Fighting Words uh, with, with with yours truly and uh, my special co-host, uh, Ken Zalis, for this week of uh, Fighting Words. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty big week in the fight game. Uh, a massive boxing uh, boxing fight uh, this weekend. Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford are going against each other, both undefeated. The top two ranked welterweights uh, in in the world, uh, they'll be fighting for the uh, the, w- the WBO welterweight belts. Uh, Terrence Crawford, he is the favorite, and he is the current champ. So Earl Spence will be challenging him. Uh, he, he's a minus 155 favorite. Spence uh, coming in about, about plus 125 is the underdog. And uh, for boxing fans, this is a this is a big one because it's kind of the first time. I mean, Glenn kind of gives me a, a lot of I guess a lot of flack when we're doing this because they're just the boxing cards that I mentioned are kind of the ones that aren't really necessarily the big ones. Uh, like I'm talking about like Jake Paul sometimes and, and, uh, and then Francis Ngannou going over, going over into the boxing world. And, and Glenn doesn't like those because it's kind of uh kind of taints the boxing, uh, the, the game of boxing a little puts bit more eyes on the product. That's what I try to say. Um, I mean, you know, it there does, are undercards to those. Yeah. Yeah, there are exactly. Um, 
it's it, it I'm really because I'm really conflicted about those those cards. But this one is legit. Like this is this is a legit fight. This fight is going to be some some of the top some of the best boxing uh, that you'll probably see all year. Um, so yeah, Spence and Crawford. That fight's going to be really exciting. Uh, both uh, I think uh, Spence was the was a former Olympian. Yeah, Earl Spence was the former Olympian. Uh, fought 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 for the U.S. in the 2012 Olympics, and they're both undefeated. Again, I mean, like like and both knockout artists. Uh, I, th I think it's going to be a really good one. I think it will probably go the distance. Just I think they're both too technical, and uh, and uh, when it gets there, it's really. I mean, I I am going to lean. Uh, I'm going to lean Terrence Crawford since he has you know since he's been there before and he's just the current champ. Uh, it takes a, a convincing performance to dethrone a champ, especially when it goes to the scorecards. So I'm going to lead Terrence Crawford that fight, uh, or that's Showtime pay-per-view this Saturday. Um, I believe the main card starts at 8 p.m. I should have I had that uh, pulled up and, and double-checked. Um, but then in the UFC, big card for the UFC as well, another pay-per-view for the UFC. If, and it feels like if they just had a pay-per-view, you'd be right because this is the second pay-per-view of the month. For the UFC, um, and so Ken, you said you're not a big fight fan, right? I'm yeah. not. Yeah. My, my 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 son has gotten into UFC, and he he purchases the fights from yeah. time to time. But I'm not. I I you could name a thousand names, and I maybe know two of them. Which one? Which one is it? You know Conor McGregor. I know Conor McGregor. And I know he, John Jones. No John Jones. All right, John Jones. I think he'll be fighting before the end of the year. Yeah, those um, are it. Th those may be it. This week, uh, so this is an interesting card because there's no actual title fight up uh, up for grabs. They're doing the BMF belts. So this is the baddest MFer. Oh, it's okay. Like a, it's a, it's kind of a dumb made up thing. Um, so there's not really anything at stake, which is why it's kind of a weird card. But it's still going to be a really good fight. The 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 headliner is Dustin Poirier and Justin Gagey. Uh, these are lightweights. Lightweight is the best division in all of the UFC. It's the deepest that they have. Their best fighters are there. Um, and so the, the the BMF belt will be up for grabs between Dustin Poirier and Justin Gagey. Um, and it should be, I mean, on paper, this is on paper, this is going to be fight of the year. And I think it's going to live up to the hype. Like it's going to be, you know, if we're trying to make KZ a, a fight fan, uh, you know, st st stick it out, stay up with, uh, stay up with your son this weekend. It's and, really, uh, it's really late. It, they I don't mean, go. Yeah. They don't. They don't go off until it'll like only midnight. be like. Yeah, it'll only be like twelve, twelve thirty. Yeah, you know. but you know, uh, <coughs> that's a young man's game. If there is a fight though that is going to make you a fan of uh, of the sport though, I think it's this one. I mean, these okay. guys are going to rock and rock them, sock them, robots. Like literally, like these guys are just going to stand in the pocket and swing at each other. And uh, and uh, it's tough to see this one going the distance just because they both hit so hard. Hmm. Um, it, it'd be you know five rounds 25 minutes it's tough to see it going the distance that's but if it does i i'm leaning dustin poirier poirier is uh similar to the uh spence crawford fight a uh, minus 150 favorite uh and justin gaethje uh is a plus 125 underdog i'm leaning poirier i'm gonna go with my i glenn likes me to give out a a little bit of a, a betting it betting uh okay uh advice or tidbit if you will um, I'm gonna go Poirier with my. Uh, this is the bet I always like to make uh, when we get to these uh, championship fights. Um, even though this is technically not a championship, but it's still five. Uh, still a five rounder. I like Dustin Poirier to win in round four, five, or by decision. So that means he can get a finish in the fourth or fifth round, or if it goes to decision, that he wins. So I like Poirier to get it done that way. Um, but either way, I mean, this is uh, it's it's gonna be an exciting fight. Whoever wins will uh, will should get the next crack at uh, Islam Makachev, who is the lightweight champion 
at the moment. Um, and then up and down the card, it's just uh, it's it's guys that are uh, kind of kind of kind of want a downturn, but not really like notable names. There's Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. He's another guy that if that if we're trying to make new fans out of Ken Zalas, yeah. uh, this is a guy to watch. Uh, he'll he'll be the third fight from the top. Uh, uh, Wonderboy takes on Michelle Pajeda. Um, I like to, I like Wonderboy in that one as well to 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 get a decision win. Um, he is just one of the best kickboxers, uh, one of the best strikers in the world, um, and uh, I I like him to keep up Pajeda away at at range. And then Alex Pajeda, uh, who is the former middleweight champ, is moving up to light heavyweight. So that's 205 pounds from 185. Uh, he's got one of the best left hooks that we've really ever seen in the UFC. Um, and he's going against Jan Blachowicz, who is a also a former champion. So we got two former champs. Former champs going against each other at light heavyweights, uh, and uh, light heavyweights very interesting right now because the, the, the there's no champion. There's been no champ because Jamal Hill had to vacate the belt. He was the he was the interim champ. Then he got injured. The champ from last summer got injured as well. So this uh, this this should have been the interim belt, uh, but I think I, I don't know if both guys just didn't want to go five rounds. Or the UFC just is waiting for something else to happen, mm. but uh, this, this is good. That'll be a good one as well. Tony Ferguson fights. Unfortunately, he's kind of on his way out. He's uh, he was one of the most exciting fighters for a while during his prime, but he's kind of on his way out. He goes against Bobby Green. Um, it's it's going to be a tough fight for him. Uh, it, it may be a uh, retirement fight, if you will, mm. as uh, he's he's been on his way out. Um, and Derek Lewis. This is the guy who uh, knocks everybody out. He's the heavyweight. He is on the undercard. So this is one of the free fights you can get. Oh, I see uh, free. Yeah. So that means they're on around 8, so I can, I yes, can watch that. Yes, this one should probably be around <laughs> 9 o'clock-ish. Um, but Derek Lewis, he's the guy, uh, If I don't know if you remember this one, he knocked out this Russian fighter in like the last 10 seconds of the fight, and then Joe Rogan was interviewing him after the fight, and he took his shorts off, and he was like, and Joe Rogan was like, why did you take your pants off, Derek? And he was like, my balls, was, my balls were hot. And everybody, okay. and everybody fell in love with him. And plus, he just knocks people out. So Derek Lewis, he is an underdog, though, which I find very surprising uh, just because of his ability to get a knockout at seemingly any point in the fight. Uh, I, I like Derek Lewis, uh, even even at a plus-190 underdog. Hmm. Um, but yeah, good good fights uh, this weekend in the boxing world and the UFC world. Uh, so so definitely go check those out. I like Poirier, round four, five by decision. Uh, and I like uh, I like Terrence Crawford to, to get a decision victory as well in the... Uh, in the uh, boxing world. Um, only other thing, I guess, is we're just trying to figure out what could potentially be next for Gervonta Tank Davis. Uh, there's thought that the winner of this fight, these guys are heavier than Tank, but, you know, there's thought that, that they can try to meet in the middle somewhere uh, between Earl Spence and, and Terrence Crawford, so maybe he could fight the winner of that, make some sort of super fight. There is a Japanese boxer who actually won earlier this week. I am not going to get his name right. <laughs> Um, but he's an exciting fighter as well. Um, he's another guy who's a little bit heavier than Tank, but you know, the, it's a lot easier to. You, you could always see Tank moving up and wait potentially to to make to make one of these super fights. Uh, his name is Nioya Inu Inau Sure. And uh, he beat Stephen Crawford. Nobody will know uh, if you're right or wrong. Week. Yeah, and he beat Stephen Crawford earlier, earlier this week. Um, so that could be another fight. You know, we're just trying to figure out what could be next for Tank. Uh, obviously, with the the legal stuff looming as well, it's it's hard to predict the future there. Um, but you know, this is this is a big big weekend for for real fight fans. You know, there's no none of the Jake Paul, none of the Francis Ngannou boxing stuff. Uh, uh, this would be no, no Elon or, or Mark Zuckerberg fighting this weekend either. Uh, I, I I I try to get Glenn to have fun with it. He does not want to have fun with it all with it at all. If Elon and Mark Zuckerberg fought Ken in an MMA style fight, am I going to be able to get you to bite it bite at this at all or no? I, yeah. 
Okay, who would win? Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg's gonna win. Okay, you like him, even though uh, Elon's got the reach advantage. He's a he's a doughboy. He can't move. <laughs> like like seriously, he's an out of shape. We've all seen the picture the pictures of him on the beach without his shirt, right? Yeah. I mean, Zuckerberg's at Un- least unproportional. Zuckerberg body. Would, would would he trains BJJ? He trains Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Who Zuckerberg? So oh. I'm with you. I'm with you as well. No, even I, though I think Zuckerberg. Yeah, even though Elon. I, has I would the love size this. And reach See, I would watch this fight. Yeah, exactly. Me too. I would watch this. Fight. I mean, I would watch everything, but I know, but I would watch this fight. Yeah. Um. I I need to have you and Glenn in here at the same time so that he can so that you can be on my side yeah. as we talk about these uh these these uh you know celebrity if you will these celebrity uh boxing matches. But yeah, that's uh that that that'll do it for fighting words for this week. Yeah, so there you so go. Appreciate the time. No, no problem at all. I learned a lot. All right. Good. Good. By the way, a uh, couple of quick things about your Baltimore Orioles. In their last 13 games, they have only played opponents that have a record of 500 or better. They're 8-5. and five. Just do that. Just do that. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Teams that beat the be you know, be better than 500 against the good teams. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat the rest of the way. You'll be fine. Everybody relax. Everybody relax. Good, good team. And it unfortunately doesn't get any easier. They... It doesn't, but they're not... <laughs> Look, like, and I'll, I'll be honest. The team that I'm scared of the most, and I'm glad we're we're almost done with them because we played the, is Toronto. Yeah. Like, like Toronto to me has the best lineup in baseball. Uh, they they've just underperformed, and the pitchers that they thought that they had it hadn't worked out before. But supposedly they're coming back. They've been better. Um, if that don't let that team get hot. But the, I believe the Orioles have already won the season series against them, right? Uh, let me double check. I think they've already – because they played them a lot. I think they have – after the Yankees yeah, – That sweep definitely helped. Uh, Orioles record versus I, – I I thought this next homestand was the last of them, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, but, yeah, they're the, they're the team I don't want to play. I, I just they, – they offensively, they scare me. Not not so much worried about the Yankees, although the Red Sox just swept the Braves, which came out of nowhere because the Braves were playing so well. Yeah. But, I mean, and the, the Orioles have played well against the East. So, I, I, I'm i not too too concerned. Yeah, they're five, the Orioles are 5-1 and one against the Blue Jays. So, so what do they, they have, have left? Two so series six, left? So, they have seven games left. Yeah, they have four. So, they have four next week, and then Toronto So, then they comes, got three. So yeah, Toronto comes here at the end of So, August. to win the season series, they need two. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, you know, go five hundred, go four and three in those. Yeah, you're done. You're good. Yeah, you're good. You know, um, what else you want to talk about? What, um, else, what else do you do on Thursdays? We we're, do. We're, I mean, yeah, we can start wrapping it up. Was there I mean, anything else? Twel- that, yeah, I we're know. at twelve oh one. Yeah, it's been a full show. It has. Uh, but we can start. Did you ra- want to do? Did you want to do any more recap of the Netherlands uh, U.S. game? Look, or, I mean, uh, look, you gotta use your bench. Lynn Williams needs to play. I I, I don't understand, but I mean. Hopefully, at some point, Rose Lavelle can play 90 minutes. She's just, they have nobody else like her, and the team just plays better. Um, they'll be fine. They'll beat Portugal. Um, it'll come down to goal differential. The good good part is, is the way Vietnam plays, I don't think anybody's going to score five, six goals against them. I think they just lost. Portugal beat them two to nothing. Today, yesterday, I don't know. Yeah, two nothing. Um, 
So they just sit behind the ball. They're just happy to be there, sit behind the ball. Um, the Netherlands, I'll, I'll tell you what the Netherlands, and, and the one thing I did say that was correct is the Netherlands tired with the with the with the legs of the of the of the United States. I just wish Lynn Williams, who's a dynamic forward, um, would have come on for Morgan at some point, as as maybe the last twenty minutes to give even more pressure than they were ever. But I mean, they they outshot him by a large margin. I think they outplayed him, but to tie a top ten team. In the in this round, that's fine. We have to remember that back in uh, in fifteen, it was it fifteen or nineteen. Can't remember which one, but they did they did uh, they did tie Sweden um, in their second game in 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 play, and then they came back and beat Sweden, you know, in the final. And so it 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 all works out. I'm not worried about it. Um, I, I, he's just got to use his bench more. Um, than he has because you're going to need you're going to need those legs um you know i mean the possession 56 to 44 but the shots were 18 to 5 yeah i mean it just corners were 11 to 1 that's dominant that was that's dominant offensively that is dominant um the netherlands didn't want to go forward and and you know they only had they only had five crosses i, I just think that that you know they just can't find the net. I mean, eighteen shots is a ton of shots. Mm-hmm. How important is it for them to win the group? Like, I mean, moving? it's a, it's important in the fact that you get an easier path. You know, because the if you win the group, you're you're playing a number two team from another group. Now it depends which group mm-hmm. they're matched up with, and I don't pretend to know exactly how it breaks down because it's all predetermined. But it's obviously an, an easier path. I mean, you could, if you if you lose the group, if you not lose the group, but come in second. If yeah. you come in second, um, huge upset today with with Nigeria beating Australia. So that kind of helps. But you know, you could you could face a Spain team, you could face a Brazil team, a Sweden team, Germany potentially a lot sooner than you want to um, by that. But if if they could go, I'm going to say if they can go out and have a against Portugal have a two nothing, three nothing win, I, I think that gets them through on goal differential because they do have a two goal lead. So, um, you know, um, Netherlands really has That's to pour has on. to pour it on Vietnam, and Vietnam just doesn't allow that. Yeah. I mean, Vietnam's lost three nothing in the United States, two nothing. They just sit behind the ball, they counter, and and. The Netherlands didn't look to me like they're really interested in going forward that much. Very technically sound, very well possessed the ball. They play three in the back. Goalies a little got to pressure their goalie. Their goalie is was a uh, little little bit shaky with some of her with her feet a little bit. But you know, I, I don't think if you're if you're an United States women's soccer fan or even moderately, I don't think you can be that disappointed. They they totally outplayed. Uh, the Netherlands in the second half, they just couldn't get a ball to go in the net. So, mm-hmm. uh, leads me to my first tidbit: the U.S. Women's National Team they trail in a Women's World Cup for the first time. They trailed in a match for the first time since July of 2011. Wow! When uh, in the corner fi- in their quarterfinal against uh, Brazil. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, that year, who won? Who won it all that year? Can you remember? It was 2011. France? It was not France. Oh. 
It was Japan. Japan. Japan won it all in 2011. I think that was U.S. were runners up that year. I think. Yeah, it could have yeah. been. Um, and then uh, they had gone. They had gone 17 straight matches without trailing in a women's World Cup match, which is the longest streak by any team in the history of the tournament. Yeah, I mean right. they've been dominant for. Ten years. So um, we've been doing a lot of talk of obviously the Ravens receivers. They've got two new, uh, two big new receivers, Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham. Uh, this is a tidbit I like to do with. Uh, I, I usually do with Glenn like once a year, mm. um, <laughs> and it is. So I'm going to give it to you, Ken. You know your history of the Ravens uh, pretty uh, well, right? So uh, so. Okay. Uh, who can you tell me who? What Ravens receivers have had the most yards in their first year with the Ravens? Their first season with the Ravens. <sighs> Uh, let me see Probably if you can. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson is number one. He is number one. That's all I got to get. Well done. Yeah. I just got to get the one. I don't care who else is on the list. I got one. <laughs> first, first guess, one. He had uh, 1,200 in 1996, of course, the first year of the Ravens. Do you want to try to? Can we try to round out the top five? Or You can try. Um, Marquise Brown? Marquise Brown is not top five. He was 13th. He had 584 in his rookie season. <sighs> Uh, Todd Heap. Todd Heap is where's Todd Heap on this list? He's pretty far down. He only had two hundred uh, really? six yards in two thousand one. It's, it's hard. It's hard to think. Um, who was Michael? Who was the other guy opposite Michael Jackson? Uh, yeah, that 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 uh, he would be a correct answer if he can get his name. Who was the other guy? <laughs> who was the other guy? Oh my God, this is terrible. Oh. His last name started with an A. Last name started with an A. And it was it's kind of a first name, I guess. Anthony? No. Wait, give it to Alexander. Me. Derek Alexander. Derek Alexander. There you go. He had 1,099 yards. Vinny is still tremendously underrated in Raven lore. That yeah. was a fun offense. They had yeah, no oh, defense at yeah. all. Yeah. yeah they had first no defense. <laughs> but they could throw the ball around. The ball. They, when you talk about Ravens wide receiving cores, like their first wide receiving core for the first two years, probably their best. In the history of the organization. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, based on these, uh, very the, wow. two of the top three first-year uh, uh, Ravens. And then in 1999, this guy is second for the most yards in his first year with the Ravens. Kadri. Kadri Ismail had 1,099 yards in 1999. Wow. And then four and five, 2005 in his first season with the Ravens. Mason? Derek Mason. Yes, okay. 1,073. And then in 2014? What receiver did the Ravens bring in? Uh, that year? Oh, Bolden. Not Bolden. No. Who? Steve Smith. Oh, yeah. Steve, Steve Smith. Smith. Anquan Bolden, his first year, had 837. Okay. He'd be top eight. Yeah, so, Zay right. Flowers, Odell Beckham, uh, do you think they either of them have a chance to dethrone Michael Jackson this season? No. No. I, I, I'd be – again, I think – I it depend, It it really depends on, on injuries and things like that. But if they have – let's say they have their full complement – I. I I, I I think they're gonna spread it out. I I don't see, I don't see the number. I don't see a thousand yard guy. I I see a bunch of, I see a bunch of eight hundred yard guys. I see I see, you know, I I really do. I can I can see three, eight hundred plus yard guys on this team, if everything goes well. So it's gonna be. I don't know anybody's gonna get the vol enough volume to get twelve hundred. Yeah, I I really don't. I really don't. I mean, if if this offense works the way I think this offense is going to work, I think you got it. You, you you just don't know who's going to get the ball in any play, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So, a bunch of eight hundred, nine hundred guys, you know, receiving guys. Um, 
you know, and I include I include Andrews in there. All right. But but if if you have let's say for twelve plus games you have Andrews, Bateman, Flowers, and Beckham all on the field, I don't know if Volume's gonna be there for any one of them to to, so to, to get reach to that get level. into that level. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, quickly, I'll go over totally tubular uh, sports-wise. Yeah, what's on tonight? No Not a whole lot. Yeah, I know there's only like four or there's only five baseball games, and ah. uh, the the Angels and Tigers start at one because they had a game rained out last night, so they have a doubleheader today. Uh, Cubs Cardinals are going to be on MLB Network at seven thirty. Nats Mets are going to be on Masson, of course, and ESPN Plus uh, non locally. Big Ten Network is going. Oh, the uh, the Big Ten Media Day started at eleven. So uh, Mike Loxley and some players were chatting around eleven fifteen. Uh, the basketball tournament, Shell Shock, won their first game on Tuesday. They were trying to give it away. They were up big against uh, Gatorverse, which is like the Florida alumni team. They were up big, and then uh, they let Who's them all on the way Shellshock? back. Uh, Daryl Morcel, L.J. Gill, uh, uh, Don Carey was on the team. Okay. Um, there's yeah, there's some guy, Demonte Dodd. Okay. Yeah, so they got okay. they got some names. It, it, it's fun. It's good basketball. It's uh, fun. I've always enjoyed the tournament. Yeah, yeah. they so they play at six o'clock tonight in their regional semifinals. Okay. So if they win this one, they play the Gutter Cats. I'm not even sure which. Uh, which uh, what which cats they yeah, are? Yeah, which cats they are? Yeah. Uh, World Cup at, at eight o'clock. Uh, Argentina, South Africa. Um, and then for the rest of the sports, uh, Indiana Fever, L.A. Sparks. Uh, that's at three thirty on NBA TV. There's Impact Wrestling on AX. I guess Axis is what it's called. If anybody gets that, yeah, uh, Impact it's Wrestling. Not, it's not on my cable uh, package. The Senior British Open uh, round one is on right now uh, at, on the Golf Channel, and then the PGA 3M opening round starts at four o'clock, also on the Golf Channel. Yeah. Uh, non sports for you. New episode of What We Do in the Shadows on FX. Um, it, big one for you, uh, Ken, uh, the Kardashians, season three finale. Yeah, huge. Yeah, and so you're, you're, it, you're gonna My next one will be my first one. <laughs> That'll be on Hulu. Uh, Zoe 102, new movie on uh, on Paramount Plus. This is Zoe a, 102. Yeah, is this, this is, is this from the Disney? No, this is from like the Nickelodeon uh, of the Nickelodeon show Zoe 101. Right, I know the Zoe oh, 101. Yeah. I thought it was Disney, but it was Nickelodeon. Yeah, it's Nickelodeon. Who's so, who is the same girl? Yeah, back? same girl. It's, it's Jamie Lynn Spears. Jamie Lynn Zoe. Spears. Yeah, and hmm. uh, she's just you know 30 years old now, and. Uh, and it's just a, what, it, it looks pretty. What, it looks pretty yeah, fun for a lot we, of the Zoe that's, 101 That's what they fans. do now. Yeah. They bring back the old people. Uh, and then this show looks pretty good on Peacock. It's called Twisted Metal. This is the series premiere. Anthony Mackie is in it, and he stars as John Doe in this. So Twisted Metal was like a, a PlayStation game. Uh-huh. Um, I never played it. I don't really. I've never even heard of it. But the show looks pretty funny. It's like a post-apocalyptic kind of kind of funny dark comedy video game esque show. Sounds, Twisted sounds Metal on Peacock. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the rest on uh, GlennClarkRadio.com. Shark Week as well continues. Of Shark course. Week. Of course. Okay, big news, fantasy football news. Oh, uh, right now? Right now. Okay, what is it? Jets wide receiver Garrett Wilson injured his ankle in practice and was seen limping to the locker room. Oh, boy. It's the big, it's the big news of the day. Oh, man. He, my, many people have him as a wide receiver one. And so, the, so doesn't it seem interesting that, you know, DeAndre Hopkins signed kind of early. Like, if he had waited, you know, another week or two, then the Jets are a little more, you know, like they have to, like, feel like they might have to make a move. And then, and now all of a sudden he's on a team, on a contender. Yeah. More I, of a contender than the I Titans. guess, I guess, I guess if you're Hopkins, you've been out there so long and you finally got a money based deal like you got, um, you take it. I mean, it's not, look. I, I don't know what that offense is going to be, but they, they, they could. Be, I think they're going to be better than people think they're going to be. Derrick Henry still 
garners a lot of attention. Trayon Burks is still. Um, you believe in you believe in Tannehill or who who do they even play at quarterback? Well, they're going to play Tannehill, but okay. you got you got you got Chig at uh, at tight end. I mean, they have some they have some weapons. It's not like they're bare. And look, I, I know we beat up Tannehill a whole lot, but he's not awful. He really isn't. Um, it's just, but he's never been he's never been the high volume yeah. guy. I mean, that's a the the team runs around Henry. I yeah. mean, if he can, if Tannehill could be a sixty five percent completion guy um they're gonna be a winning team they're gonna be a decent team i mean the problem is they have no offensive line is yeah. is the biggest problem for them the defense is okay i mean i they're in the right division let's put it that way i mean who knows who comes out of that division very honest gotta be jacksonville right i mean you you say that i mean you say that but as good as everybody thinks they were last year were they really that good i mean uh, I mean, I, they made it to the divisional round, right? I know. Like, was, uh, but, I mean, you made, and it seems like Trevor they, Lawrence is. What were they? What were they? Ten seven. They were nine and they eight. Had to have been nine right? and eight. I mean, nine and eight gets you in the playoffs these days. I don't. Know. I like their team. I mean, Calvin Calvin really is going to yeah, make they, a huge. They, they were nine and eight. One. Yeah, division. I mean, yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. You're nine and eight. It's not like you have to go eleven and six to win the division. It's not a good division. Let's just call it what it is. I yes, Jacksonville on paper, they have a lot of talent. They look like the best team in that division. They are minus one fifty five to win the division. Yeah, but they were nine and eight last year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they got a full season of Calvin Ridley. Okay. Calvin Ridley is certainly going to help. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence in a full season with yep. uh, Doug Peterson. Uh, I, I think it's all going to help. I think again, offensively, I like that team. I like some of the pieces they have. On I think defense. I'm making that bet right now. Actually, yeah. it's a good bet. You know. Parlay them with someone else and, 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 you know, get some plus odds and, and go for it. Lions to win the NFC North? I love the Lions to plus win the Plus 155. NFC. Really? They are the favorite. That is the best. Or I love the, the Lions. I, I, look, the defense came along last year. I love everything about the Lions. I'm all in on the Lions. 100%. Jamison Williams will come back week seven. You want to try to guess who the NFC South favorite is? Uh, <laughs> can't be Tampa anymore. It is not Tampa. Tampa has the worst odds to win the division. Can't be Atlanta. Uh, it is not Atlanta. Would it be New Orleans? It is New Orleans. Plus 130 to yeah. win the division. I mean, I mean I, that's a crap. Does team. Carolina feel like a good? Like a, they're I mean, plus 360. Yeah, rookie, rookie, rookie quarterback uh, traded away their top receiver. Yeah. <laughs> traded away their top running back. Uh, you know, they got a lot of questions. <laughs> they got a lot of questions. Defense was okay. Yeah, I mean, New Orleans is the best of the worst there, and I don't know how good they are. I don't think they'll be good. I mean, I don't like I, – I don't really think Derek Carr is a very good quarterback, so I don't – Well, he's never won. I would never – I mean, I, he's I, never won. I don't won. trust him at all. He can sling it a little bit. If Mike Thomas is healthy, I guess they've got a they'll, – they'll be competitive yeah, I'm offensively. Not, I'm not running down that, yeah. that, that rabbit hole this year. I, if he's healthy, God bless. You know, Kamara's 28. He's on the wrong side of the world now. You know, he may still be suspended by the yeah, NFL. Who knows? Well. You never know with the NFL the way they suspend people <laughs> and when they do it and how they do it and all that fun stuff. So I, I, I I'd stay. I'd probably stay away from that bet. I, <laughs> you know, it wouldn't. I, I'll say this right now: it wouldn't shock me if the Atlanta Falcons won that division. I, I like Devin Ritter just looks so bad to me. Yeah, I mean, but he, but he's got pieces now. He's got you got 
that that's going to be a very yeah. Tennessean type team behind Bichon. They'll run a ball a lot. Run the ball a lot, and and people forget how good Algier was last year. I mean, they, I mean, I know Robinson. Yeah, again, he's the starter, and he's a, he looks like a generational one of those generational running backs. Algier was really good last year, so yeah. they could run it a lot. Um, who they just they drafted? Uh, who they draft? You know, you still got you still got Pitts there. You still got Drake London there. Cordero Patterson still hanging around. I, it's not a bad offensive team. They they drafted Bijan. Bijan, yeah, Bijan, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I don't know why I forgot. I did, don't know. Maybe I didn't say the name loud enough. No. Um, wouldn't shock me. Would, wouldn't shock me. You know. Yeah. Um, I just I just don't think Tesman Ritter is a very good quarterback at all. They need to figure out how to get it get the ball to Drake London and Kyle Pitts because I think they're both. Really well, good. They, yeah, um, yeah, but <laughs> I, but again, people are going to respect that running game. I think it's going to be easier. This so it'll be open. Okay. I think right. it's going to be easier this right. year. We'll see. You know, we'll we'll see. But when when you have your top team at what'd you say one fifty five? Yeah, means nobody has any confidence in anybody there. I mean, I. It, what what are what are, what's Atlanta's odds? Uh, Atlanta's plus two I'm, ten. Plus two yeah, ten. I'm going to double my money. I'm going to put some money on that. Okay. Right. Why not? I like I like Jacksonville a lot. That's my pick. And then uh and then I guess we'll. Well, we both like the Lions plus one fifty-five. Sounds like a good parlay. The three of them. The three. The three of them. Yeah, maybe it's probably plus seven hundred. This is the betting segment now. This plus seven. Plus, I'm gonna guess that's plus seven hundred. Oh, put it together real quick. Yeah. Lions, Falcons, Falcons Jags. Jags. Oh my, plus twelve hundred. I gotta place that one today. <laughs> I'm gonna place that one. I'm gonna. Right. I'm gonna place it. Uh, that, that's what I'm going to do. I'm and do it by at pressboxonline.com slash offers if uh, every, well, everyone already, else got already, well, yes. yeah, every, Everyone else. Everyone there, else, go, if you haven't done that. it, that's a free bet. Yeah. That's a free bet. Go do it. Plus 1,200, can't bet it. Can't, can't beat that. Go, no. go now. No. Go now. Go go to DraftKings or Caesars. Go one of them. Pick one. Pick one. They're all good. Um, we, I, I should have brought it up yesterday. Do we need to figure out a time to do the, the, the thing that you tweeted at me and Glenn about, the Mountain Dew hot dogs it was fake it was fake. yeah well i mean i can maybe i can figure out what so what i'll just boil them in mountain dew right i don't know i don't know i saw you know i see these things we all see them and i just point about the glenn because glenn likes to eat crazy crap so, so that'll be our first side bet yes of the season i i think there's a there's a skittles mustard thing that we, have to, that we have to try that and i'll say this again because i've said this about many things it doesn't sound awful Skit, oh i just, Yellow mustard is good. Like, is it like going to be sugary? It's going to be sugary mustard. Oh, that doesn't sound that right. Doesn't sound that doesn't terrible. sound terrible. Right. That doesn't sound right. Like candied bacon on a on an M and M. On a on a done, Skittle. People have done bacon M and M's. I don't know. Oh, it sounds good. I, I wouldn't want to do that either. Put some old bay on it. We're, we're there. <laughs> we're in Maryland. I I think I I'm going to say it. I said that. What did I say this last year with the chili? With the chili. the chili, yeah, I guess I said I said from the beginning I said I'm sorry this doesn't sound awful and it was it wasn't and I like I I don't think but that mustard I mean the you, mustard see I mustard have more, alone I have a I have more problems with the, all the pickle stuff with Glenn than this mustard thing I mean the hot dog's gonna be disgusting pickle it, skittles yeah pickle skittles I mean all the stuff that he eats with the pickle I don't get the pickle thing I. I I mean, but, I enjoy pickles too, but yeah. I mean, I, I like a pickle. Glenn I don't takes like, it extreme, yeah. Yeah, he takes it to a, a new level, and and all the stuff he's been tweeting about with the different things, it's like, 
<laughs> all these different Oreos that they sell in other countries that why they can't do it here, I don't know. Um, but, you know, the, the, the Skittle thing doesn't sound disgusting to me. I don't, I, I don't I dis- think I disagree. I disagree. The, the I hot, guess maybe we'll find out one day. The hot dog, the hot dog, the Mountain that Dew hot good. dog. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't see it. I mean, I'm not a big Mountain Dew person to begin with. I, I, I'm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, neither am I. I don't think that'll be. I don't think. I don't think that'll, that'll, that'll that be good. Work. I think it'll but be. Yeah, I, I think guess, it'll be. I think it'll be more edible than mustard Skittles, though. I don't think mustard. Like I'll eat one I mustard mean, Skittle, much, and I'm not gonna want to ever. I find out again. I don't know. Sweet mustard, like a <sighs> sweet pickle. I don't know. And now you're talking yourself into pickles. No, I'm just saying. I'm trying <laughs> to, you know. I mean, I, I can't. I can't see it being awful. We've eaten some awful things. I don't think either. I don't. I don't think. I think the hot dog will just be weird, and it will be disgusted by it. But I don't think it's going to be like sickening, like sickening, gag you as you're trying to eat <laughs> it type thing. And I don't think that about the Skittles either. I think you're going to say. Okay, I don't know if I'd eat a bag of these, but this isn't the worst thing I've ever eaten in my life. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sort fine. of where I fine. Am. I sort of where I am on them. I, I don't. I, I mean, it's can- at the end of the day, it's candy. It, it, but it's, mustard's not candy. It's not going to work. I don't think it works. It's my final. That's my. I don't know. I mean, we could just like, I mean, we could just do it on our own and just, just bag a bag of stickers and dip dip them in mustard and and eat them. I guess. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to like find the bag. Yeah, you know. that's that's fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, well, thanks for filling in, KZ. No problem. Yeah. Always enjoyable. Um, tomorrow's gonna be Stan's gonna be here with me. Yeah, uh, we're gonna. I think we're gonna talk to Mike Devereaux, preview the Yankee nice. series. Um, we'll stop at Norfolk uh, to talk to Daz Cameron. Daz. Yeah, and then uh, you know stuff and things, as we like to say. Stuff and things. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I'm KZ. He's Griffin. You've been listening to Glenn Clark Radio Show. Uh, Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. I'm sorry. It's just habit. Ohio State sucks too. Everybody have a everybody have a good day.